jumps up and grabs it. <laughs> Let's go, fuckface. <laughs> Welcome to episode three of the Ian Prendercast, another sports four. podcast for. Is it four? It's a four. Is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like genuinely? Well, it's week four quiz, yeah. yeah it is too. Because we did two weeks of tennis and one week of Super Bowl, and now we're up to week four. That's absolutely correct. Sorry for interjecting there, Sean. Uh, well, thanks, Tim. You can have your introduction early. <laughs> week four. Here we are, the Ian Prendercast, another sports podcast. I'm Sean Peter Budget. Always, Fabian Guadagnolo is with us. Buona sera, Timothy. And uh, as we all know, Tim's with us. We know that already. Yeah. And argumentative. <laughs> no, not argumentative. I think that was helpful in the end. Helpful, um, correct. Huge week of sport, of course, highlighted by the uh, the Super Bowl. Arguably the biggest one-off sporting event in the world. Fabble, of course, mentioned the Champions League. Just for viewership. Yeah, but I, I don't think that. I don't no, think. But that, I agree, they're not the same spectacle. I don't think the champ. I don't think the Champions League final generates nearly as much discussion. In the lead up and the aftermath. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, it's it, it's the journey a little bit with the Champions League, and the the positioning of teams to be able to get there, and and obviously it's a two leg game as well. So you know, it it's just different, yeah. isn't it? No, it's a single. It's a single leg. You're S- thinking of the every game leading up to it is. is oh, right, legs. okay. And then it's at a neutral neutral ground. Yeah. Ideally, yeah. Occasionally, you can win your way through. I don't know who the last team that would have. We had the opportunity, famously. Quite mm-hmm. a few years ago, we were a good team. Oh, one, five. No, but but oh, when it was at Old Trafford. Oh no, I'm so sorry. I'm thinking of oh two, when Fergie was going to retire and it was going to be in, in Glasgow. Glasgow. Uh, that's the that's the Zidane. Yeah, the Zidane it's left Hamden, Hamden over the head. It was going to be in Scotland. It was a Hamden Park. That was sorry, and it was like they're going to be the finale, yeah. the farewell. Anyway, we digress. The Super Bowl was on, and um, I saw parts of it okay. in the office where I, when I could look up. And I think it's fair to say it wasn't a, uh, as they would say in wrestling fab, a mat classic. Did you think it was on pause for a lot of the night? I look. I'm <laughs> someone I'm, pause the. Oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm alone here, and I don't. I, I'm a bit. I'm a bit bored sometimes. This thing in American sport at the moment where everything's a shootout. Yeah. And there's something where you become desensitised to scoring and you just sort of sit there going, like the the Patriots and the Eagles game last year was a, a great game to watch. Not that I saw any of it. Just a just a Thank you. Tickle just, to fab, clarify. just a tickle fab there. I saw the bookends. But you watch the highlights or whatever, you go, oh, it's end-to-end and scoring. And you go, oh, that's good fun. But there's something by the same token that's utterly absorbing totally. in a game in which neither team can score. Because you sit there and you go, fuck, the team that can score will win this will this win contest. this game. Yeah. And the stakes just become as the longer the game went on and it's three nil at half time, yep. then it's nearly was it three nil at three quarter time? Or did that round no, score? No, no, just no. They'd before? already gone three three because I think that the uh the equalising field goal was third quarter. Yeah, and you yeah. sort of sit there and go, geez, we've got there's fifteen minutes left in the season. It's three all. And it's anyone's game. It's anyone's game. And we had we had a mate with us. Who predicted a six-three scoreline for the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like halfway through the third, he's gone. 
I'm on here. <laughs> I'm but, on. Well, I jokingly said 2-0 early uh, and that it was going to be a safety that was going to be um, the deciding score. Mm. And, and when there was very little scoring happening, you thought, on the back of other, t- uh, other um, pundits in the pregame, they were talking 42, 41 wins and 27s, mm. 26s, which isn't you know, a grossly high score, but it's obviously you're scoring five and six touchdowns between your two teams. They're not they being the Rams, aren't as explosive as the Saints or the Chiefs. Or the Chiefs, are. yeah. But they're pretty good. They were pretty good. And they were very explosive against the Chiefs, but the Chiefs don't have a D no, that's at all. Which we ultimately found out. So, yeah. um, and, and you will say, look, I, know I'm, I need to go on the record because Fab's been particularly put out over the last couple of days with my <laughs> NFL talk. Not at all. Um, I don't profess to be an expert, but several weeks ago I did say... I just I, I, I don't know either way, but I just thought the Patriots will do what they need to do to win. And listening to you guys waffle on all season about... You've said it for three months, mate. I said it. They'll just <laughs> strangle them. They'll strangle them and they'll make it a low scoring. They'll strangle the life out of them and they'll just make a defence. They'll win. And, for, and that's not me. Like, full credit to the Patriots for doing it. They recognise what do we need to do to win. Yeah. Yep. What do we need to do to win Slow this match? Slow it down. Well, I reckon Slow I said that last week. Like I, I was always thinking that the Rams defensive line was going to be too good for the Pats, but then you sat there and you thought, Belichick is an absolute master. He's got two weeks to pick this team about, uh, uh, apart, and he'll prob- he's a chance to put in a strategy to be able to negate it. And in the end, Donald and Sue really didn't. First half didn't they get did, it. though. They got to they him work, in the first, yeah, early on, they got to him. That, yeah, but it seemed more Brady, Brady was a bit nervous in the... Uh, in the um, What's the word? In, in the moment, he seemed a little, not overawed, but he was Just snatch at a few of them. Yeah, yeah. He he, he didn't execute brilliantly but early, by but, the same, but, but not neither did golf. But by the same token, you know, what he, you know what he was able to do? Like like you said, not for one second. And I'm pretending Brady was the MVP. Or he had a magnificent game. Shout out to Alex. Alex and I spoke about this yesterday. What he did critically was keep the Rams far enough away. Yep. He just. Kept the yards, kept the, what do they call them? Kept the chains moving. Chains moving, yep. Almost could get the pats into scoring range, but if he couldn't, Rams, you're starting your drive from the one-yard line. Yep. You're starting it as deep as you can. And that was part of the kicking game, the special teams game. It was was genuinely... No, no, but it's not... more Josh McDaniels and the head coach because... the whole team. And the whole team... You've got people like Alex and it would have been a great jerk-off session on on this phone conversation because it would have been, oh, Brady's done it again. No, 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 he's quite level-headed. He's done done it again. No, 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 He's done it again. It's kind of... I'm happy to read excerpts from Alex's diary. Please. Um, It was Brady's worst Super Bowl and people who disagree with this are just imbeciles. He had a quarterback rating of 70. Yeah, he didn't. But the he, bottom line is... No, no, he, so he didn't have a bad Super Bowl. No, but people are trying to say, oh, it's, he, he didn't he, need game, to have a good managed. Super Bowl. Super yeah, that's right, but it still is. He managed the game really hmm. well. But like, they're, I, they're, trying what to, I think. they're trying to make out that this bloke... Oh, Tom's done it again. Yeah, it, it wasn't about the... Like mi- big it wasn't ben, the Midas touch. Like ben, ben, Big Ben couldn't have done it, or Aaron Rodgers yeah. couldn't have done it. It, it wasn't the Midas touch no, on I, Monday. I suppose, though, you would he say... He managed... It, well, he didn't fuck up. Okay. That's, what's not that hard? I, I suppose you would argue then, and I'm not disagreeing, but you would argue on the other hand, and, and you scoffed before rightly at, at Goff, but on one side of the ball there was a quarterback whose experience in a really scrappy, tight, hard-fought, cagey game just did what he had found, to do. Found a way. He just found a way, just get, get them yards. It was third downs. Every time I'd look up, you guys are third down, and they convert 
They and you just and, go and who did it go to Edelman. every single time? He was the thorn in immense. my side. Those third downs, and because, you just yeah. they just turn the knife, turn yeah. the knife, turn the knife. The, and, and the Rams think Fab, they're out of Fab trouble. Was there, he was like I was watching it with Fabian, and he'd just say, "For God's sake, just put somebody. If you've got to put two blokes on Edelman, do it. The ball's going to Edelman." And you sit there, and they run the play. He runs the route. He gets separation. He gets the ball. Not only does he get the ball, he then gets about nine yards after, after the catch. Yeah. And you sat there and you're going, and I've said for a long time, I thought Julian Edelman was a nameless, faceless person that you could just pull him out, put another wide receiver in, and the, the result would be the same. He's not that good. Brady makes him look better. But gee, it comes last, up big. The, the last two games, he's been amazing. But that's a thing, though. You I know, always had Amendola ahead of him as, as, as a. And Wes Welker as a, is a similar player as well, doing a similar. But role. you know, you do, though. This is, this is very much a sport. And once again, like, like I said, I don't watch so much of it. But it is a sport where just doing what you need to do is better than good enough. It's predictability. Just do it. Just, and you know what it is? Belichick would look at this guy and he would probably agree that he's not the most talented wide receiver ever had. He's not the most talented wide receiver we could have. He's not the most talented wide receiver in in the league. No yeah. way. But you know what he does? He fucking knows the playbook. Yeah. And, and, the, and you often watch a lot of NFL oh. and there'll be a play where um, the commentator will go, gee, receiver and quarterback weren't quite on the, the, oh. the same page there because the route just wasn't exactly what it needed to be. Well, every single time mm. he did what was needed to be done, and, and and that's just pure professionalism. And in a pretty tight MVP race, um, the joke was that it might have been one of the punters at one point in time, but in a pretty tight MVP race, he, he stood out because yep. he was just making those big plays, getting those extra yards. Yep, totally. You know. I've, I've gone back, and Tim was with me on the day. I was furious because it was like... I was saying, let someone else beat you. Let yeah. someone else beat yep. you. That's what I'll tell you. I went, ba- I went back and, and, and watched it in, in high-low version. I'm not going to watch it. Four hours. But I thought, look at what the Rams did. Now, to me, the best unit of the day, for as good as the Pats D was in stopping golf, I still think the Rams D was the unit of the day out of the four. They played well. Out of the six. The bow was going to break eventually. So, but... They took away every single weapon the Pats had and have said, you can't take away everything. We're going to leave Julian Edelman, not open, but he's going to be the one, one, across, on one. across the middle. Yep. We're going to leave it open. That's, and that's his route. He's yep. a slot receiver. That's yep. his route. And look, he, he's clearly the MVP. We all said it on the day. But he was never targeted in, no, not even close to red zone. Because no, he wasn't, yeah. When the safeties are pushed up, that area then is also taken. So Jules has done all his work where the Rams have let him go to work. Now, I'm not disputing. I actually said he has to be the MVP. But that's not what beat him. That's not what beat the Rams. What beat the Rams was one pass to the big fella. One pass to the big fella. And he just went bang. Yep. Didn't fumble it. Like you look at Cooks and we've said how bad. The throw was bad. It was late. It was late. And it was, it was bad. a throw. Meet the ball. Gronk yeah. does not allow that. We, we spoke about this. We spoke about goes, this, this, is with, um, this is the Super Bowl. I'm catching it. Yeah. We spoke about this with regard to like spoiling. And that's this isn't spoiling as such. But actually, the Patriots did do a couple of like good, what we would call spoils, yep. which were very desperate. And they whatever. were desperate, yeah. But that that one, the, the Rams one, meet the ball. Yeah. But the problem was, Cooks is lightning fast. Yeah. And he'd oh. gotten out the back of the defense. The pass was on. And Goff was just late as late. Like, if he throws that pass... That, and it's only half a second, but mm. half a second earlier, he catches it and no one's within 
five and ten yards of him, and it's mm. and everyone will go, gee, someone missed missed He's, an assignment there. In the end, he was late. It got there. It was still catchable, but the defender did just mm. enough. But you're right. He waited for the ball to come to him, and if he steps right up, and he had room to do it, if he if he at attacks he, the footy, at least he can bring it down. Well, and that's exactly right. I reckon if he steps up, he's, he's it's probably, almost passing interference. Almost passing interference. Yeah. That, that that was what I thought. But Jared afterwards. Goff took those extra seconds. Yep, because I reckon he was he's crapping himself about where where the pressure was coming. Rather than having I think his he eyes, second, down, he second guessed himself. I think. Rather than having eyes down the field, he was worried about getting. This hit. is why they need the fishbowl helmet, mate. <laughs> that I spoke about the clear Actually, helmet. Speaking of helmets, I made this point. Why is that? Why wasn't it the same color as their uniform? No, no, that, that, I spoke that about the something Rams. else. Yeah. That annoys me. The Rams have a, a white and blue kit with a white and blue helmet. They've just got to go with the navy blue and white colour scheme. That's it. It looks better. They've just got yeah. to pick which blue but they're going with. Commentators always say... Yeah. Helmet. It was weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Commentators always say... And real is, shiny. It need, their helmet needs to be real shiny. Yep. Where This is where Patrick Mahomes is... You know, people are loving him at the moment. He does the no-look pass. And what defences do is they read the eyes of the quarterback. And they say it all the time. The defence read... Goff's eyes. They read the eyes. You don't know where he's looking. Where you look is where you're passing. It's like James Bond in the and you see in the bathroom in Goldfinger. You know, we see a couple of and they're generally like cornerbacks and safeties who wear the visors. You know, the like the like, like the ice mi- hockey belt visor. Yeah, Ladani and Tomlinson wore it too. It looked great. And I said, why don't quarterbacks just have a helmet made of that? Yeah, yeah. So well, not you can't, a whole you can't, helmet, but just but a, whole just a visor. Yeah, just, you but can't, it, you can't like read a quarterback's eyes I mean, if you can't see them. Poker players to mask their tells. Will wear mirrored dark sunglasses. I honestly, that's What's a good trend. That's with a, a quarterback. That's a really good trend. Uh, we were. I'm a big. Remember when poker was like the thing? Yes. Like ten years ago. Funnily, we were just watching a bit of Casino Royales around about a little bit earlier than that. Yep. And a little bit after that. So 2006. It was a huge deal. Everyone went to Kmart and bought the poker sets. Yep. Yep. Got one. S- still got one. Yep. Some. I think it's under the roof now. Um, I don't think you should be allowed to wear. Glass. I don't think you should. I don't think you should be allowed to wear glasses. You mean it's just part of the skill and you should permit it? Oh, it's not even that. I just think you're sitting there going, I just think it should be... What if you suffer from stigmatism? You just start blinking when you've got <laughs> two aces. <laughs> oh, he's got a, got a monster. Fold. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just always thought that they shouldn't be allowed to wear glasses at the poker table. But obviously talking about Brady again and mm. talking about Gronkowski and getting it done, that we, we've sort of talked off air, but the pass, the guts to be able to throw a pass with a lot of air, knowing that it was going to a guy that was going to be in the right place and his ability to be able to finish off Brady's work. That moves about Um, as quickly as erosion as well. And once he starts moving, and and I commented this on day, it's funny, watch it. Whenever Gronk runs, it's like he struggles to stop. But once he hits the ground, look at every other receiver, especially when they're at pace, they catch... And when they hit the ground, they skid. They'll skid a couple of yards because momentum's taking them forward. Gronk doesn't move. He just kind of he digs into the turf and just he just boom. He's one of the least athletic people I think I've ever seen. Right up there with Craig Parry. He's <laughs> one of the least athletic people <laughs> oh, Popeye. I've ever seen play professional, like top level sport. Darren Lehman wasn't, he can't, wasn't like, overly athletic. As, as you said, no. some people, you know, we've spoken a lot about like a Chris Yaron that when he's moving, it's beautiful. It's mm. like this the technique and these just his gait, it's fantastic. He looks like a, he looks like a like, it looks like a panther. You know, I mean, like yep. a cat's really yep. gliding. 
Gronk looks like Frankenstein. He's working his ass off all the time, and, and nothing's ha- and having like the big in, bulky elbow arm guard and all that sort of stuff. Nothing's just in adds unison to it all, doesn't it? None of his joints are on the same page. <laughs> he's he's running like you know, like that, uh, like the six million dollar man's broken. Yep, and it's like that. Uh, Eddie Harris, the crafty, the crafty uh, veteran, <laughs> the crafty from Major veteran. League, <laughs> and he was he had every Crisco, Vagisil, <laughs> every single <laughs> condiment you could possibly get that added, you know, just a little bit more drop on his curveball. What, what did he and, say? When he goes, he goes, he puts a bit of um, like Vicks or whatever. He goes, he, jalapenos. You get a bit of jalapeno yeah, and rub it, it up run my it. Nost- <laughs> rub it up my nostrils. <laughs> if, the, my, if the refs are watching, <laughs> to get my to get my nose running, and then I load up the ball with his with his like. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of running at the Super Bowl. I saw the vision of uh, Usain Bolt doing the 40-yard dash. Yeah. He gets it even quicker. If he doesn't have a wall... I know. He, has to he had to stop on a dime, didn't he? He's stopping, I reckon, five yards short because he's thinking, if I'm at full speed... I'm, I'm going, going through the wall. I'm going through the wall. That's what so, tr- so the background, and I don't know if you're yeah, aware of this, that, Sean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so basically they were just trying to see what sort of time does Usain Bolt do relative to the NFL combine record, and he runs it in sneakers tracksuit pants and he's got seven meters to pull up beyond the finish line and he's not going flat chat well he looked like he was having a little bit of a crack but he's obviously not in he's not peak fitness and he's not wearing the right gear and he's still matching the best that the nfl has ever produced the best well i think it's john ross ran a 4.28 i think was 4.28 or 4.22 was one or the other might be 4.22 um and um and Usain Bolt yeah. matched it. There, there's there's a widely held belief. Deion Sanders? And we talked about this yeah. on Monday. Deion that Sanders. Neon Dion rocked up to the NFL Combine. I think and, I might have heard this. It's an and, urban and, legend, isn't it? And yeah, and you're supposed to run. It's your best of two runs because obviously you know the timing can be not quite right or you can mm. just do a little bit better on another run. Sometimes they'll report the average of the two runs. Anyway, the belief with Deion Sanders is – uh, and this is a little bit earlier. There have been, there've been some embellishments yeah. to the story. Too, it's like it's that, a story that, that he did it in, in dress shoes and he was <laughs> fully suited up. Which isn't true. But he's come out and clarified since yeah. his version of it, which probably still is a bit of an embellishment. But was he like Willie Mays Hayes? Was he, Very was, much was so. he asleep and he, and he got up so in his pajamas? Have he cut already? He wasn't at the combine. He turns up, so he flies in. Yep. Private came, in, came in in a limo. Came in a limo, gets out, yeah. walks oh, yeah. in, gets to the line, runs... And just continues to run right out of the stadium into the limo. And <laughs> Doesn't slow down. Back to the private jet. Yeah. And he's gone. And set the record at the time, but it's a widely held belief that it was, he reckons he ran quicker than what they ultimately said that he did. Well, how would he, he know? Was, there's a, they, they have a number of people timing it. Now it's all digital, but yeah. back in there. It was a bit more hand-timed. There's a could, couple of yeah. blokes who have said, no, I had him lower. Yeah. I had him lower. And a like 418 or 413 or something But how would ridiculous. Dion know if he kept running out of the stadium? <laughs> this is what he said. He goes, got to the car, and the limo driver said to me, how'd you go? He goes, killed it. <laughs> they just drove and off. That's one of those killed stories. It. That's like the classic Sportsman's Night story that he will have told a million times. And it just and gets better every and time better he tells it, the room's sitting there going, it's like, you know, Wayne's World 2 when the roadie's telling the story. Yes. And everyone knows the story, but they're going, yeah, it's great. Right. You, Stories like that are better that there is no vision. Have you ever heard the Billy Brownless rubber band story? No. No. Oh, look, I, I don't want to ruin it, and, and listeners may have heard it, but... Um, Give us the abridged version. The abridged version is Billy Brownless goes to a an Auskick-esque um, Geelong area yeah. clinic. Yeah. On his way, 
Billy's driving. He's with Gary Ablett, senior. And Gary says, can you stop off at the tab? I've, I've got a horse I need to back. Goes in, puts however much money on this horse, gets up and wins. And he won something like... For argument's sake, let's say he won $16,000 or something like that. That sounds 5, like a certain was, was, someone was, else betting on a swimming race. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good number and he had he, he had a big wad of money. The horse's yep. name was Manadu. <laughs> Lord, Manadu. <laughs> anyway, um, they, go to the, um, they go to the clinic. There's a young kid who's like small, but he's, he's electrifying. He's doing a lot really well and he's wearing a jumper that's too big for him. He's got holes in his shorts. Um, only got one sock. And he's got like, a pair of shoes. Sounds that, like he's Oliver from Oliver he's Twist. Got a, he's got a pair of shoes that the um, the sole is coming away from the shoe, so it's flicking around while he's. He sounds doing like it. a tramp from a Disney cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Gary says to him, um, "Hey, mate, come on over here. I've got something for you." Oh no, it's not heroin. And is it? he pulls out his eight thousand dollars or whatever the number is of cash that he's gotten from the TAB, bound by a rubber and band. Because he's got so much cash, it's got a rubber band around it. And he pulls the rubber band out and he sort of flicks the money all out and he grabs the rubber band and he puts it around the kid's shoe so that the soul isn't coming away from him. He goes, there you go, mate. Get back out there. <laughs> and obviously everyone was waiting for him to say, here's some money, do this, do that. And, and the, best thing no. about, the best thing about Gary is he doesn't want to write a reply, reply to correct no, that. exactly. He's not doing a sporty. Yeah. Are you kidding me? The cashier, as they call it. What are the... Um, well, who told the weird story? Pickering. Pickers told the. I don't know if it was Pickers told the story about how they went. It was really weird. He went to someone's house. Shout and, out to Pickers, who's got me banned from SEN. <laughs> really, well, you called yeah. him. Do you call him a dickhead? I call him a dickhead. Yeah. Um, on air too. <laughs> just by the by, but it was something like he went over to some bloke's house, and Gary was just sitting in the corner. He was just there, and he was like, "Oh, hey." It was. And he goes. He was eating a sandwich. He was just sitting in the corner of this guy's house. It was the weirdest moment of my life. He, was, he walked in and. Far from expecting anybody to be sitting in the corner chair. Let alone Gary. It was Gary. Yep. <laughs> Where are we? Um, but I think the story goes on. It was Liam Pickering and it was a bloke. There was another pyre. Yeah. And yes. It, it, was like yes. A, it was like a Russell Merriman or it was It was a, It was was a little bit of an obscure player of the 90s. And he, he remembers Pickers. He's like, oh, yeah. He goes, hey, Pickers. And he goes, and he says to the other bloke, who are you, mate? <laughs> What's your name? And he sort of goes, let's say it's Russell Merriman. It's not. Uh, Russell, I played with you for six years. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, how you going, mate? <laughs> I don't remember. I've got to be honest with you, Russ. I don't remember any of that. Before we, uh, before we move off the game, I've got one question from the Super Bowl. Yep. You maybe you kind of vaguely, vaguely touched on it before. Why was or why couldn't? The Rams D, you mentioned you gave them credit before. Yeah, I thought that was Why pretty- couldn't they handle the rush? In really important moments, they got cut up. Well, I, th- I think rushing rushing is one of those things where you know my feelings on rushing. <laughs> the all you're, no, you're an all pass <laughs> you're an offense, all pass aren't offense. you? All pass offense. I, I think Sean's playbook is one page. It just passes. The beauty. You know what it is on on um, Sean goes for the hail mary on the opening, no, so opening you know, drive of the opening <laughs> quarter. Is that is that the one on Madden where all the lines are just straight? Straight up, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every play, <laughs> yeah. it's like five all Buckets. going to the end zone. The hardest part in Madden is for the QB. You're buying yourself some time to allow these people. Yeah, because I usually throw yeah throw a hail mary. It's usually like an eighty yard pass. Yeah, exactly right. And you're scrambling to try and come on, get there, get there. 
I've never landed one on Madden, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I've gotten a couple. It's always good fun. Um, the the plays and the schemes that NFL teams run is all about creating a foot of space mm-hmm. or two blokes creating a foot either side and creating the avenue. Like The running back knows where the hole is going, going to be. Yep. The guard or the offensive tackle knows exactly where he has to push or pull to be able to create the space. The defensive tackles, defensive ends, they don't know. And and so and I, and I think the beauty of the New England Patriots in general is I think it's just rammed home to them so severely and so strongly. It's about role, responsibility, expectation, job. and execution. And I think across the board, every single bloke on that New England Patriots team kind of did their job. We, we we talked about a lot of the the offensive weapons that didn't factor, but at all, but. They were running the routes. They were doing what they needed to do and the defence was covering them, so Brady didn't throw it to them. But as you said, at key moments when they had to get the yardage that Mm. they needed to get, it was all about creating the hole and their offensive linemen did their job. They created the space and the dude that had to run through the hole. A couple of times it's sort of like he'd run through and he'd almost trip up on the other side. And it's like, holy fuck, I got through. And that's the thing. Is it just a case of them running enough variation, play-wise that is, that the Rams couldn't get a read on oh, the, the, the rhythm of it'll be passed, it'll be a rush, it'll be a whatever. Because they just got, as I said... Oh, but that's, just, that's the point. We, well, defence is we, always going to be a little bit game, reactive. When your pass game is good, you can run the ball. And when your run game is good, you can pass the ball. Spot on. If you, if you just, struggle to do one, like Jared Goff struggled to throw the football. Yep. So... And, and in the end, it was the long passes so that were going to break we're, the game apart. We're not going to allow you. Your weapons are, well, CJ Anderson and... Yep. Well, Todd Gurley was 5% fitness. Yeah. And they just went, no, you're not allowed to run. And, and this Anderson guy can't throw, enough. so we're going to take away the run. Yep. Try and throw it. And this, so many times he rolled out of the pocket with no pressure. Yep. And just still got sacked. We mentioned, though, a couple of the Pats did deliver a couple of massive defensive plays that on another day could have very easily been massive yardage or, you know, field position or a touchdown yep. or. They actually did come up big in a couple of really huge moments, mm. which leads to my top 10 segue. Well oh, oh, I like it. In honour of the New England Patriots, perfect oh, Super Bowl defence, and let's be honest, three points. You're not, losing, you're not losing any game, let alone the biggest game of the year, if you can see three points. Spot on. In honour of the New England Patriots, perfect Super Bowl defence, my top 10 perfect movies. Oh, perfect movies. Perfect movies. Movies that I I would not change a frame of. I have heard from a mate of mine, Mitch, who we talked about last week. He he talks... Shout out to Mitch. Shout out. He gets a shout out every week. Well, he's had two in a row. But he always said there is one movie that is perfect. I want to see if it's in your top ten. Okay, let's go. So I've got a couple of honourable mentions here. and Your honourable mentions are generally like a top 20. The theme theme of films that I find perfect, and, and this will come up, is world building and the word... Verisimilitude, that the film exists and abides by its own internal logic. That's a huge part. When a film gets that right, and there's a couple of very good examples on this list. Let's go. Bring it. Honourable mentions. Rocky Three. Yep. Absolutely. It's the first two put in a blender and put it about one and a half speed. Film's over in about 45 minutes. And sprinkled with so much <laughs> pop culture. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's un- brilliant. <laughs> yep. Um, Predator. Love it. First Perfect. one, original? Yeah, original. Major League, we mentioned that earlier. 
Love it. <laughs> yes. The social network. Yep. Goodfellas. Ne- I don't know that I probably have seen it, but yeah. what the social network or Goodfellas? No, Goodfellas. I, I would have seen it, but it's yeah, not one of my. It's, it's not one of my love movies, but yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters. Yep. Toy Story three. Yep. Shawshank Redemption. Perfect movie. Perfect movie. This, few, is an, this is honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. Moneyball. Moneyball's there. I love Moneyball. Moneyball's. So there's a few more yep. there. You know. Golden Eye. Love it. Anyway, number 10. Big. Yep. Good movie. Tom I'm Hanks. Wear that. Absolutely yep. top to bottom. Top to bottom. Just brilliant. Do you want to stay the night? Okay. Well, I get to be on top. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I put uh, a quarter into the... Uh, the Zoltar. On the uh, Santa Monica Pier. Uh yeah, on the pier. I've got a Jeff Delgado artwork of the Zoltar. But yeah, and it's a good. I said to him, "I want to be big." Where? <laughs> I left it up to him. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Should see the size of my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just you know you go on a your character goes on a nice journey and then realizes what he thought he wants, not what he wants, yep. and you're happy for him. And any film with John Hurt in it's a winner for me. Number nine. Nine. Nine times that comes up later. Notting Hill. Yeah, yeah, love it. That is the rom-com. I'm going to tell you something that's going to make your balls shrink to the size of raisins. <laughs> is that Danny Deckchair? Yes, uh, Reese yeah. Farns. He's, Rom- he's also the, li- uh, the, the lizard, the lizard yeah. from Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, amazing The lesser Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Kurt Connors. But like rom-coms as a genre never go out of vogue. Yep. Like you think musicals, westerns, things come and go yep. in terms of what they make, but they make rom-coms all year round, every year, and this is the gold standard. Yep. It's the first DVD I ever owned. There you go. Brilliant movie. We had it before we had a DVD player. <laughs> yes, we're just waiting. It's a preemptive we're strike. <laughs> number eight, Fable like this one. Perfect movie, number eight, Coming to America. Yep. Yeah. Still, you got to be out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> still one of the most quotable, and every time that scene, the Mighty Sharp scene, yeah. laugh every time. Yep. Doesn't matter how often you see it. Yeah, it's the highlight of the three it's putzes. The, it's the highlight of the, the three movie. Three putzes. That and Samuel Jackson breaking into the McDowell's. <laughs> Who the fuck? <laughs> I, I, I always remember watching that as a kid, and like we, we, this is where things are different these days, and they're probably better. But we watched it as a family. But Channel Nine always showed like a, a, a bit more of a, a cut down. Yeah, they cut. Didn't say freak. Didn't say freak. Not and not the the f bomb. But um, I always remember my dad during the credits. You know the. Where's the spoon joke? Dad is like, he lost it. Like, dad, that's not that funny. But my dad was like, and then my dad would go and like tell it to people like at, at, at you know, at parties and stuff. Oh yeah, you heard this joke? Like, dad, I think everybody's seen coming to America. <laughs> but this is like, this, this, I reckon if he watches it now, dad still would lose it. Yeah, at that joke. Yeah. But this is one of the Eddie Murphy was at one point in time the biggest star yeah. in the world, and this he is was. him at his best. Yep. Yeah. This, I, I think this is his best movie. Absolutely, 100%. Number seven, potentially a uh, controversial one, but this goes back to that verisimilitude and living within the rules of the world you establish, Zoolander. Yeah, okay. Yeah, don't like it. That's fine. It shouldn't work as well as it does, and the reason the second one doesn't work is because it doesn't make sense. Yep. But everything they add in this film, as ridiculous as it is, the way they live, you know, David Duchovny's the hand model, everything they add, you're sort of going, it's just getting more ridiculous but it continues to work. The rules, yep. they stay yep. true. Number six, Batman Begins. The best Batman of all time, hands down. Batman Begins, that's the uh, Ra's al Ghul one. Yeah. I like it, but not. it's not ahead of 89 for me. 89 See, is- 89 will never be ahead of this for me, and we, you know why. 
because Jack Nicholson eighty nine. Yeah, Jack Nicholson's great. When Jack Nicholson great. pulls that the revolver out of his pants, <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going. That I, is brilliant. The only person who might love that movie more than you is me. I love Batman eighty nine, but this is a truer yep. version of the character. And this is the one where he falls down the the mine like the mine shaft. Yeah. On the Sean's issue is sort of the, the storyline because the Joker is nobody. So when they make him somebody, yeah, it's that uh, doesn't work. Yeah, doesn't work. See, I didn't follow the cartoons and stuff like Sean did. So yeah. to me, it was baffling when the Joker had no connection to Jack Napier, and yeah, Sean J- Jack rightly, Nap- rightly pointed it out that it's got nothing to do with Jake Napier. Napier. Jack Napier is just made up. Yeah, funnily, I think I've told you the story. Sam Hamm, who wrote the script, submitted it, whatever, whatever, and the studio note was they, that's how Jack Napier came to be. They they inserted him afterwards, and he has been at pains in the 30 years since to be like, that wasn't me. Yeah. He's like, I didn't have anything to do with Jack Napier being, that's not Bubba. But like, I remember yeah. watching that in the cinemas and just being overawed. I was just amazed. Mate, we're talking about Batman Begins here. Okay? This isn't a Batman 89 loving. That can sorry, be for sorry. another list. Okay, yeah. It's not, number like, one, sorry. It'll be number one. Watch. No, but like, yeah. And then the setup at the end of Batman Begins, you've just seen a really, really good movie and you're like, geez, that was bloody good. Because like the recent Is that Batman, with the calling card, yeah? With the Joker. Yeah. And it leaves you sitting there going, I need the next one now. Yeah. yeah. I and need then, it immediately. And then what they did to produce the next one. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Number five for the second week in a row, Back to the Future is number five. As, 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 a, as a complete set? No, just the first one. Okay. Because like I because said earlier. you say, what would you change? What would you change about it? Nothing. Everything about it is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Top to bottom. Fantastic. I'll tell you what i change. I'd put Elizabeth Shue in the first one. Oh yeah, well, we can't. Yeah, that's a that's a minor so, foible because unfortunately we can't. Uh, you know, but like, Fave, I've told you about this, didn't I? I remember seeing someone review Back to the Future. It was one of those millennials review a film like an old film. Yep. And I always find it interesting because we take for granted all these classic movies that we grew up watching, and you go, some people haven't seen them. They don't know what they are. I used to work with a guy who had never seen Back to the Future. He'd never seen Star Wars, and I was like, "Fucking really? You never seen those movies? Nah, bizarre." This guy watched it and he goes, oh, I didn't really get that. Like, it was a good scene, but, like, I didn't really get the, the dance. You know, he's playing the song. And he was he was not attacked, but a lot of people were going, no, because earlier in the film he can't – he's not allowed to play the dance. Hmm. Huey, well, you, you're just too darn loud. So earlier yeah. – he, he wants to play the high school dance, but he can't. And then earlier yeah. in the movie – he gets – later in the movie, sorry, it's just, it's one of the best payoffs ever. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Number four, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, the first one. Not seen it. Absolutely, wow. I love it. Once five again, minutes into the movie, when they're all at the little village, wherever they come from, there's fireworks. Hobbit, all, Hobbiton, and I just fall asleep. You I've fall done asleep it during a lot of movies. times. <laughs> like I put it on, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this, and then I get to. The, I remember that scene. Someone arrives, someone's travelled, and they come to the party part. Gandalf, and it's fireworks. And honestly, I've seen it so often. I could. It's um, yeah. Bilbo Baggins' 111th birthday. Okay, hmm. triple one. But anyway. They he, they basically took a book that had it's like was too deemed too difficult to make too difficult to adapt and they did it brilliantly it was fantastic yeah yep. agree with that and then there's like this I don't know afterwards I always felt like the next one's got a bit slick they didn't quite have the same grounded quality number three and it pained me to put this at number three because it's the best sequel of all time the Empire Strikes Back yep yep it took a film that was really really good really good fun it made everything better yep made all the characters better made the drama better yep. made the world bigger brilliant um. Number two, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Would okay. not change a frame of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is perfect. Yeah. I've gone, see, you grow up watching what you have available to you on VHS. So for us, it's whatever. Did you get them from McDonald's? 
No, no. Uh, I got Indiana uh, Jones. I got Temple of Doom yeah. from McDonald's. We recorded yep. everything off off the the TV, and I love how like we'd watch certain like our co- cocktail. There's like a ten minute yeah, you don't part missing where Dad's press pause so yeah. he doesn't get the commercials and then forgotten to unpause yeah. it. Yep. So and then at the end of all these films, it's like Carlton highlights. Yeah. Like it's just like because <laughs> you use a tape to record yeah. Carlton games and then all of a sudden you tape over him and if it's the film's good enough. It gets a label. And you pull and, the little... And, and you pull the tab out. Yep. So... Um, People don't understand this anymore. We had... I know, I know. We had um, Temple of Doom. So I grew up... I watched Temple of Doom. And, and I saw Temple of Doom at yeah. the cinemas and yeah. I loved it. But I never saw Raiders of the Lost Ark because I didn't have it. No, I was the same. So I've gone back and now and watched it as an adult and without the nostalgia, I don't see the perfectness that everyone else sees. Well, I... I s- I saw bits and pieces, may not have ever seen all of Raiders in one fell swoop, and I reckon I sat down and watched it beginning to end for the first time about five months ago, and I loved it. And I think you'd talked about it Mm. on pod before, and I thought, I've really got to do this movie justice, and I loved it at 42, Mm. and I wish I'd seen it when I was 12. This is brilliant. There's a funny, uh, a bunch of kids... Spent quite a while, like 20 years, they were remaking it shot for shot. It became this funny internet thing and they ended up sort of getting it up and they made it over such a long period of time, like just painstakingly. That was such as the reverence of the film, but it's brilliant. It's it's obviously an O-day to a a genre that didn't exist anymore and what they did was just made it as good as back in the 30s, Alan Quartermain and Flash Gordon and all that, that they wanted to make it. Fantastic. Number one, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, okay. Everyone loves Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is it's a it's a chase movie? Yeah, it is. It's a jailbreak movie. Yep. But it's about school. And it's brilliant because everyone's got the ultimately well, you the can sta- relate to it. Ultimately, the stakes aren't that high, but it's just like from the first scene, everyone can remember the thrill of a oh, fucking Conda Day off here. Yeah. <laughs> How good is this? Do you have a kiss for Daddy? <laughs> yeah, go Conda Day off. But from that, night he gets out, and then the you know Rooney's trying to Rooney, Rooney. <laughs> Rudy's trying to, you know, catch it. It's just brilliant. It's it's actually got one of my favourite that you know the scene when he picks Sloane up and they drive off and that moment I watched it the other night. It was on uh, Fox on Sunday night. Cameron's in the car and he's hiding. He's hiding in the yeah, back. Yeah. And they get they get away and then like Sloane squeals in delight and Rooney realizes I've been dudded here. Yep. And there's that moment of they're they're out. They're out. They've got away with oh. it. They're that kind of family. Yeah. <laughs> so number one, Ferris Builder's Day Off, absolutely perfect. John Hughes, legend. No one has ever made movies like him. No one ever will make movies like him because if they were going to, they would have already. And he made Breakfast Club he as well. He made Breakfast Club, yep. 16 Candles, yep. some kind of wonderful planes, trains and automobiles. Yep. But in terms of capturing like adolescence, high yes. school, yes, people have tried to do it. He just and it, turn, it. and it turns into like American Pie. There's nothing wrong with American I Pie. I love American Pie. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it, but it turns into like... Smut comedy. Correct. Correct. Hughes just Which is fine if, gets you, it. if you know you're going to have smut yeah. comedy. If you're going to do smut comedy, do it well. And they always did pie, yeah. Hughes, just, pie. Hughes just got 80s Americana yeah. high school. He's unbelievable. So there he is. Good top 10. 10 to 1. Yep. Like it. No gladiator. Uh, Mitch's, Mitch's perfect movie is Toy Story. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, one or two or three. Not one. See, Toy Story's great. Toy Story. and Not one. Toy Story. Yes, thank you, Tim. <laughs> Toy Story 3 gets it only because of the ending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, my right. Ties is, it all up. My favourite's two. I love two. Woody's yeah. Roundup. Woody's Roundup. I bought Bullseye uh, Funko Pop the other day. 
We bought. How many have you got now? Like I got a lot. Alexander, got got, uh, <laughs> Alexander got bullseye from Santa this year. There you go. Funko Pop? No. Full on bullseye? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I got a few now. Sweet. Up there. I've got to actually genuinely install shelving. Wow. Sure. This is a bike that was resisting and it wasn't going to buy them, and all of a sudden it's. They were, they were in the cart, but they weren't. It's raining Funko La, Pops. Last week, I, um, I actually we went down to Geelong. We had a meteor up down in Geelong because Melbourne Victory are playing down there. And I went down there and I, I made sure on the way home to go to the Pop Culture Mega Store, which was in Geelong. That's where it is. That's where Murable I, Street. That's where I order all my stuff. Yep. So I swung by. I bought a few things. Bought a. Uh, four weeks to deliver Kelly's uh, gizmo for Christmas. Steve and Doug Butabi from um, Night at the Roxbury. Doubles pack. Yeah. Quite like that. Nice. Um, good. And before we get off the Super Bowl, just one last thing. Super Bowl, I thought we got off the Super Bowl 15 minutes we ago. Did. Well, it was a segue into the. Uh, we got to talk about what is the one thing, whether the, no matter the result, that we always talk about post Super Bowl. The halftime entertainment. No, the. The ads. The ads. Unfortunately, this year there is no. Um, Sad to say, there is no Terry Tate office linebacker. There is no, like, best in show. Geez, that's a showstopper. There really wasn't. Was NFL there, was 100 there, uh, was great. Mexican avocados, Ed? Jesus avocados Christ. Avocados from Mexico? Jesus Christ. Was there? Yeah, there was. Was it horrible? It was awful. They're generally quite poor. Oh. They spend all this money. Oh. I don't understand why they're wasting their money. The avocado industry in Mexico pours all I their get- funds into... I get that like I get that avocados are a pretty big deal at the moment, but it's five million bucks for a thirty second slot. It's a lot of avocados. It's a lot of avocados. But uh, NFL Top One Hundred was probably the best ad, okay. and it wasn't even really an ad in this in sense. Do you see that one? I haven't the seen NFL any of it. Top, yeah, it's it is. It's an, you know what it is. It's like a classic we'll Nike. We'll put a ad. link. I will put a link because I'm actually going to upload this week's episode. It's, um, it's like a classic Nike ad. You know those great Nike football ads. It's yeah. like that, in that they're all together at a gala dinner. And they end up having a bit of a game of pickup, and they're throwing the pig, the old, throw old pig skin around. The ball devolves. Just, just, just a quick recap. Goodell's at the gala giving the speech. Marshawn Lynch, naughty schoolboy, he's kind of he wants to get a bit of frosting from the cake. So he big cake. So, sorry, who was it? I, I just beast mode. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's a big, so, big wedding style cake. So it's a huge cake, and there's, so and, there's, and there's a gold <laughs> NFL hundred year branded football on the top. So Marshawn Lynch goes to get. A little bit of the frosting. Goes back on his chair too much. Falls. Uses the cake as, you know, to kind Ballast. of break. Yeah. yeah. The ball hits the deck. And then you just see everyone just go dead quiet. And Peyton Manning goes, oh, no. And then Singletary rips off his glasses and yes. goes, fumble! <laughs> and then everybody just goes nuts. And it's basically they trash the entire reception. But it comes to Joe Montana. And Michael Irving gets up and goes, you know, Joe, I'm open. And he goes, no way, cowboy. And then he goes to hit Jerry Rice. But then Deion Sanders intercepts uh, it. Then he gets goes on a run. He gets it's hit. It's great. It, but it's all multi-generation. Yeah. Like Peyton Manning's, oh, like Peyton Manning's bit was good where he throws oh, that's it. That's my favorite part. He, he throws Peyton Manning it. throws it. And Michael Strahan goes, you still got it. And he goes, nah, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I love the old and the new. Baker Mayfield's at the table sitting next to Tom Brady. And he goes to Tom Brady. Get in there, old man. So Tom Brady rips off the five rings. Yeah, which yeah. Would, he yeah, takes yeah. it. Takes it out, gives it to him, and he, he runs in there. It's it's good. It's brilliant. The the old you know the the dolphins guys they're all old now, so they're sitting there and they're in their dolphins blue blue jacket and they're just watching it all unfold. Jim Brown's there going, oh, this is an awesome party. So it's, yep. it's it's one of the best ads I've seen in a very very I'll, long. I'll have and to the check only it out. the only shame is it sort of isn't really for anything. 
It's yeah, it's just it doesn't really to celebrate. Just a bit of nostalgia. It was like yeah. our season launch. Well, it's the your, AFL it's your season World launch. Cup. It's your World Cup. Yes, Nike. Nike ad. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you were. It was really about. good. AFL needs yeah. to do. AFL have done one good ad, and even then they balls it up a bit. Can, it was a good concept. When you look at what they've done in the past, you go, look, I will take the, that. The, I'd that like to good. see that. No, the, no, no, um, no, that was horrible. But that was a tip-top. But they were anyway. playing all the different sports. Where Juddie was on the racetrack and he handballs it to Goods and then Gary Ablett. You liked that one. I liked it, yeah. Brilliant. And then Buddy ends up balking a couple of Essendon players. And see, the, I'd like to say that I loved. That's iconic. It's I loved. And, and because I'm a lover of a wider genre of sports, having the stars of other sports weigh in on ours mm. was kind of cool. I liked that. I love the Jonathan Brown. At the you know, the boxing. The, He's on the NFL and he's kind of running. Oh, sorry, the ball. Uh, Chad Corns was Chad Corns is the final, the only person who could stop him because all these NFL uh, defensive backs are coming at him, they can't stop him. But then all of a sudden, the only person who can stop him is Chad Corns. Do you not remember the ad? You're I remember at, the ad. Look, yeah, you looking at me blank. No, I'm just saying I prefer the other. But yeah, yeah the only other ad that I, I didn't mind was a Stella Artois ad, where um, it was I'll a classic say from this year's Super Bowl. It a, yeah, it was a classic Super Bowl ad. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker walks in as. Carrie, is that her name from Sex Carrie, and Yeah, I want to say Bickmore. I was going to say Bickmore as well. Bradshaw. Bradshaw. And she walks in and as she's- As opposed to Terry. Terry, no, Terry's <laughs> five-time Super Bowl winner. So Carrie's in the ad too. He is. Aaron Donald's throwing tables out of his way to get to him. And Bradshaw's <laughs> like just composed and then ends up throwing it over him. Great, we'll show you up. Yeah. Yep. Um, Carrie, Carrie comes into this really nice hotel bar and she sits down. And you, you initially, like I was sitting there going, what's the ad? Like I didn't know what it was for. And she- is prompted, oh, do you want a Cosmopolitan? And she says, no, I'll have a Stellar Artois. And she has a Stellar Artois. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it, because she's Cosmopolitan, I get it. And then Jeff Bridges, as the dude from The Big Lebowski, walks in, and I went, oh, he'll ask for a white Russian. And I went, I get it, I get it. And he walks in and goes, the barman goes, I'll get you a white Russian. He goes, no, I'll have a Stellar Artois. (laughs) And then he, like, does his dude thing from Big Lebowski, and it's, like, a bit of fun. Actually, that was the other ad where I went, that's probably a standout. A lot of people won't get it, but if you do get it, it's brilliant. Was the Hyundai, or Hyundai, as they say. Hyundai. Was the elevator ad, was that this year? Or was that in the past? It was in the past. It was in the past, yeah. Because me and Pete Googled the ads, and we tried to watch. We also did a best of. That feels, does that feel like a bit of a an anti-climax? I don't know about you, where you can actually watch the ads two days before. Absolutely. You, you like, want it to be unveiled in the moment. Absolutely put them up online afterwards. Yeah. Not a problem that we'll do a big compendium of them. Yeah. But surely you embargo them until the... Oh, totally. The weird totally. one was... Did you see the Andy Warhol one? No. It's bizarre. It's from an old art video, basically, an old sort of... It was a piece of art where Andy Warhol eats a uh, Whopper. And that's basically just what the ad is. He sits down, he unwraps a Whopper, and the the, the, the art got its, got its, um, its backstory from the idea that Andy Warhol had said something about Coke, where Coke doesn't discriminate. Like the President of the United States drinks Coke, you drink Coke. So the idea that a burger is a burger, it can be eaten by anyone. It's a, but it's just global product. But it's just yeah. weird. It was a weird, really like weird, unsettling ad. Yeah, it, I just didn't quite the Pepsi work. Ad was horrible this year. Yeah, it wasn't great. That was the Steve Carell. Someone goes, "Oh, can I have a Coke?" And he goes, oh, "Are you all right with Pepsi?" Yeah, it was he odd. Goes, he goes, "Yeah," he goes. And Steve Carell, like he was sitting in the next booth, goes, all right with Pepsi, blah, blah, blah. And he basically goes on a rant about Pepsi and then Cardi B comes in. But the whole point is like from marketing, at least from a marketing point of view, you're basically confirming to the audience Most it's a like second Coke. choice. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. really like Pepsi, by the way. That's one that I prefer Pepsi. That's I just tend me. to not have either. <laughs> Team Coke. Too much sugar. Um, we'll move off now. From, that is true, though. We'll move off now from the Super Bowl 
And we're going to um, go into, I believe... But chugging. Fab. <laughs> barbecue sauces <laughs> is the healthy Just choice. necking the barbecue sauce. <laughs> we uh, all have our moments. <laughs> we're we're going to go and we're going to talk now about some English Premier League. Yeah. Or as the Americans would say, English Premier Pre- League. Premier League. Um, can I just ask a question before you kick off? No. The talking about the fella from Argentina, Lionel Messi, who uh, Emiliano Sala. Correct. They've obviously found the plane. They've said that they've identified. They the, yeah. Apparently, they okay. found. They've the identified pilot. there's a body in there. Yeah, and I was going to say they haven't said who it is oh, yet. I think it's the pilot. But it's in 67 meters of water, and it's a bit. The seas are a bit stormy, and they're looking to try and salvage. Um, but they hadn't said yet, but if it is indeed the pilot. Well, on that chip of dough. Horrific question. Oh, no. But I did ask Kelly this, and she didn't know, and I haven't Googled it, so I'm just going to put it out there. Please. So he's been announced missing, obviously. When oh, The MH380 or 310, whatever. Sorry. When do you stop looking? No, but when do you announce them dead? There is, or are they there just is, missing until they're confirmed? Well, there is probably a time. Is there a timeline? I think it has to be that, isn't it? Assumed dead. Missing, presumed dead. Yeah. Was Tom Hanks in Castaway? Yeah, presumed dead. Why yes. didn't he? Seriously, I want to. I've got a bone to pick about that movie. Mm. How long would it have taken you, as the FedEx man, to start opening the packages? Not as in oh, I'm looking for a satellite phone, but just I'll open everything straight yeah. away. I'd, I reckon I'd I reckon I'd last a couple of days, and then I'd just start going. I'm opening these fucking boxes. Sean used to open the mail just on his. Tuesday morning route. That is not true. That is illegal. <laughs> but so, um, oh, sorry. Funny, funny fact about that movie: there is no score while he's on the island. Is that a fact? Mm. Yep. I Just watched like, it two months ago. Yeah, there's no score when he's on the island. Never recognised. it. But anyway, how long would it take you to open the packages? I straight was, away. I just I said it straight away. No, was, no, no. I couldn't. You couldn't do it straight away because what if you found? Oh shit. The plane went down. Sorry that I opened some packages. I didn't know how long I'd be here. <laughs> okay. I was looking for flares. So I go, <laughs> so I guess, go, you only went down 30 minutes ago. <laughs> well, bad luck. We went down. <laughs> Sorry about the ice skates. <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, anyway, EPL, fab. You want to lead this, don't you? No, I just, it's, it's, it's heating up now. And, I, you know, I said this. We've I talked said about, it. We've talked about, you know, you know, the Ollie and the Man United story and how they've come good. That's brilliant. It's now... It's a two-horse race, which is weird because Tottenham fluctuate between second and third depending on times of kickoff. But they're out of it. They've yep. got no chance of winning this. Mentally, they're done. And they've had I injuries to the wrong Liverpool people. Mentally, are shaky. This week's huge. I don't even know who they play, but this week is massive for Liverpool. So, they you know they're 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 at the moment they're the they're the prize fighter who's sort of taken the lead, and is is a little bit they've gotten chinned a bit, and they're just a little bit wobbly. When City dropped They're back points. and back to the net. They're back and away, back and away, back and away, back and away. Get further away. They, that, that, that was a visual gag. No, I was going to pick up on the radio, on the audio as well. So um, Liverpool played Bournemouth. Bournemouth did just tonk How Chelsea. How would the Americans say that, Sean? Bournemouth. 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 <laughs> at home. And City have Chelsea at home. Well, they're yet That's to play Everton to and finish then, off the last round. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Chelsea playing. Shout out to Pep for dropping uh, Leroy Sané, who I captained. Ca- captained this week. So uh, well done, Pep. Well done, Pep. But uh, you know, look, I just I don't th- I don't think Liverpool have the squad to sustain. How's, Ma- how's my man going? Who's your man? Best midfielder in the world, Naby Keita. How's he going? 
Yeah, you did announce this earlier that he's oh, he's not playing bad, but he's not setting the world alight. They're still relying on the same, yeah. the usual suspects, and they are. They've shored up defence. They've shored up the goalkeeper, but do they have a squad big enough to compete with City? I don't want to make City, this... for example. They've got Everton, like you're saying, Tim, tomorrow, tonight, yes, overnight. They drop Sane from the weekend's game against Arsenal. I guarantee you who he plays. He plays because that's what you do. You rotate, you keep everyone fresh, and you dominate every game. I don't think Liverpool... Liverpool would have looked at the game on the weekend against West Ham and thought, we can get through this. We're yep. better than them. And they are better than them. Yep. But you've got, you got to go out at 110%. Otherwise, yep. you just don't... You don't I, get, uh, you're at risk. You're very, very strangely, I have, I have seen West Ham play twice at home. And um, at the new stadium or the old one at each, yeah. and uh, Were you blowing bubbles? No, I wasn't. But there was plenty of those to go around. But um, plenty of people blowing bubbles. They got big machines. Michael Jackson's. <laughs> oh, you got it. How do, how do you get a monkey in? But uh, they're yeah, they're a weird team. And we found out earlier in the year where we went there, and they just we played dog shit. No, we were terrible, but they were good. And they get up and the crowd gets up and they just play very hard three, to stop. Which included Scott McTominay. I'm not disputing that, but when they they started well, the crowd was well into the match and they're very, very hard to stop. They very, were direct. They they're a very emotional it. team. And this is the thing with Liverpool, I don't want to make it about the New England Patriots. I'm gonna to try to. But <laughs> the thing the thing is that the Pats and we've spoken about it time and time again, but knowing how to win is really important when you get to where Liverpool are at the moment. They've gotten themselves into a position to contend. And now the hurdle is you've got to win every week. Yeah. And the expectation is you've got to win every week. Because if you start looking over your shoulder... I'm still 13 games. It's so long to go. to go. And they've got to keep chalking off... Keep, sorry, ticking off points, ticking off points, ticking off points. And if they get headed, you wonder what that means mentally. Yeah. Because over the last several years, you know, Liverpool have been in positions to win a couple of titles over the last 10 or so years. And whenever they've been in that, that go or woe, this is it, Sink or swim, fight or flight. It just the floor just goes from under them. Yeah, it's a great relegation race. Or well, race, apart from Huddersfield, race, but the other, yeah, Huddersfield are cooked. Yep, I reckon Fulham are cooked. Mind you, yeah. I shouldn't say that the week that we have them, but mm-hmm. um, like Cardiff have won or picked up some points of late, which are going to they did win their last game, but they've picked up a couple of points of late, which have seen them going from completely written off to. Uh, you never we're know, at that. We're at Burnley, that. Burnley, mm-hmm. with Ginger Mourinho at the uh, Gary Megson, <laughs> Sean, Dyche. Sean Dyche. Gary Megson's the original Ginger Mourinho. Um, they're sitting two points above the relegation zone. You know what it is? We're at the stage of the year where a win is just gold dust, especially to those guys, for these yeah. teams. They win a game, and it almost buys them a couple of weeks. Yeah, it just buys them a couple of weeks to nab a draw. Well, we don't have to win. We don't have to win next week. Well, Bro- uh, West Ham, West Ham is safe. So for me, they're on thirty-two points. But Brighton in thirteenth are a game. Are they a game? Yeah, they're a game above Burnley. That's it. So mm. it's it's there's not. It's hotting up down on the south coast. How many games left now? Thirteen. Thirteen. Did you just say that? Yeah. Thirteen. <laughs> Thirteen. And then as for United, I just want well, no, so I think that I think that we're an absolute lay down Mazzea to get fourth now. Oh, I wouldn't go so far. I think we're absolutely going to shit it in. I just want to see how Gonzalo Higuain settles in at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. if he's their goal scoring answer, 
um, then they might hold on to fourth. I'm saying I think we. I might. think we're better than Arsenal. I'm, no, I'm saying I think we might catch Spurs. We outperformed them the other day in the FA Cup. Spurs are, are getting jammy. Uh, jammy wins. No, that's a matter. I think I think we can whilst catch them. Harry and and Co aren't playing. I so. wouldn't bat an eyelid if Spurs finished fifth. As in, I wouldn't be shocked. I hope when they move to their new stadium, they fall off a cliff. <laughs> well, as you say, there's three points between Chelsea, Man United and Arsenal. And either side of them, there's seven points to Tottenham up the, the table. Mm-hmm. And there's nine points down to Wolverhampton at seven. Yeah, so the six so is locked. The six is locked and it's just what order are you going to you know, arrange yourself in? And yeah. uh, I think third is gettable. If we miss top four? Yeah. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say we because I don't want to make it United-centric. So if you were to miss top four, you'd rather finish sixth. Yeah. And you, just miss Europa League. Eh, just bugger it. I like, I like competing in Europe. I like If you can win something, you can win it. It's good. As Willsey would say, shout out to Willsey, but as Willsey would say, going to play you know, in the far... Far reaches against Rostov reach, or something. Reaches of Eastern Europe yeah. on a Thursday night. I'll use that. I'll use one of my favorite. He loves show. giving it to Alex. I'll Thursday use, night's your night, Alex. I use, <laughs> my, I use one of my favorite gags when they say, like, you know, you get drawn to play against Aldi or something <laughs> out in the middle yeah, of the, Siberia. You go, yeah, yeah. what? Who are these guys? Shit. On plastic pitches. Yeah, you're like, they didn't even exist before we the played, fall of the Soviet Union. We played yeah. a couple of games. On, actually, we played young boys. Even in the Champions League, we played on a plastic Do, um, pitch. What are the. Uh, the Russian team's got a plastic pitch. Is it CSKA? Yeah. Plastic pitch. Because it just freezes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The, even the Luzhniki is a plastic pitch. Now it is, yeah. Yeah. Luzhniki. For the Champions League final, it wasn't. No. Nah. But um, it is, it's a the Luzhniki Stadium. So yeah. the EPL's, Home of the 2008 uh, Champions League final, Tim. Yeah. There you go. And, and who plays there normally? The Locomotive Moscow? Or Locomotive Moscow. Moscow. Um, Spartak Moscow, maybe? What's our mate from uh, Cardno who always ran the um, footy tipping competition? Graham Stenton. Yep. He lives... And I'll I'm tell you a story about Graham in a minute. I'm, I'm going to get this wrong. He lives in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. It's not Northcote, but it's somewhere like that. And it's just not quite coming to me. But Noble he, Park? No, that's South Dickens. <laughs> um, but his... Fantasy Premier League team every year is Locomotive, whatever suburb he lives in. And I can't remember the name, but it's not Locomotive Northcote, but it's like that. Mm. And I love it. I love well, the name. Ants, Ants teams are always named after where Ants from. So East Donny for East Don, East Donny Ants was yes. Ants fantasy team. Yep. Pete's is the Ivanhoe Cakes. Yes. So Pete names his after that. So I've got a few mates who, who use the, yeah. the town of where they live as their fantasy team. It'll come to me before we're done. Please let it. I was playing centre back for the corporate games. Yes, Cardinal, and a guy slipped in a nice through ball, and the guy, the number nine, like I had two yards on him. Like I could have turned around and gone. I just wasn't catching him. He was like he was lightning, and Graham's just gone. He ain't beating me, and he's just cleaned him up with the biggest coat hanger <laughs> you could ever see. The ref, it's corporate games. The ref's gone. Oh, Gave me yellow. Like, that's a red. It's oh, a red yeah, all day. Yeah. But it's it's like it's corporate games. Like not, we're not here to send anyone off. But his poor bastard had his head ripped off. It was uh, it was hilarious. Um, that's enough on the EPL and soccer. I yeah, so no, I just think it's hotting up. It's just going to be interesting to see how it how it unfolds. He's changed his team. I've just had a look at it. He's now uh, he's a North Melbourne supporter. This bloke. His team now team name now is. 1860 Schimmelbush. 
Because what's the what's the team that's eighteen sixty Munich? That's the one, isn't it? Yeah. I played in a team called eighteen sixty Chackwell. <laughs> yeah, it's the Thai word for jerking off or something. I don't know. All oh, right. Okay. Well, our indoor team was always called Arlington Bridge, and that's the name of my my fantasy teams. Yep. Still to this day. See, my my fantasy teams were always Hasselhoff something, but I've I've switched now to either the Terry Tate All Stars or Team Terry Tate. So I don't have fantasy teams. It's a waste of time. It's fun, Sean. No. Yep. It's just a bit of harmless. I'm sure you'll be outlet. an expert of it. You know, I don't know. I, I hate like super coach and all that stuff. I hate oh, super, super coach. Is getting and... a bit. It's getting a bit mundane because it's always everyone's got the same. Well, everyone's player, got the same team. I hated same our, player, I hated same our, captain, same this. Same, it's I, like I hated our super coaches made superstars, shall we say, of players that are just run of the mill. One of them won a Brownlow medal. John Pritis. Not so much Pritis. I'm thinking of someone else, stockier, more dim-witted. Dane Swan. Dane Swan. Do you know who the fantasy football, fantasy AFL made a megastar out of? Who was absolutely dog shit. Brad Dalziel. With, go three, back, with go, three Ds. Yeah. <laughs> go back, what, 10 years? Yeah. And Brad Dalziel was in everybody's fantasy team. Yep, yep. Everyone's fantasy Well, he was the quintessential mature age rookie, wasn't he? Not even good enough to hold his spot in the club. They got rid of him. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> Twice, did he go somewhere else? He went to West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, yep. So. He was a West Australian kid, so, mm. yeah. West Australian man nowadays. Yeah, Brad with a double D and starting with a D, so he had three Ds. Beautiful Brad segue Dalziel. from uh, Brad Dalziel into the AFLW, which started this past weekend. Am I the only one who has been made more pessimistic by Carlton's or for Carlton's season by the performance of our women's team? You, you, yeah. did, you did send through the SMS and, uh, and, and I cringed when I, I read it because I hadn't thought it and then you said it and I thought... Yeah, actually, if we were up and about, you'd get a little bit excited about the footy season, but... I just have this not again. Not again. Don't the, do this the, to The me. only hope, because I, I listened to somebody that reviewed the first week and the comment made was North Melbourne was ultra impressive and it's the only we were thing that gives me just as bad, though. We were horrible. Yeah. We yeah. Were, we I were, didn't, I've not watched a kick in anger. North were, North were fine, but they weren't exceptional. I was like, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. We were dreadful. Like dreadful. And dreadful as in our skills weren't up to scratch. The Everything. decisions made were shit house. Ability we to win slow, the ball. We were slow, our inability better lay tackles. Ability was... to win the ball, ability to structure, ability to hit targets by hand and foot. Yeah. Um, forward line <laughs> entries, scoring power, it's opportunities like we, it's like created. We weren't ready for it. Oh, yeah, wow. It's like we weren't ready. Yeah. By every. And this is. I'm not having a crack at Daniel Harford, the person sort of thing. Mm. Because I quite like him in the radio and his media personality, whatever. Parade boy. But you sit there and I think to myself, and I sent the message through. Partway through the coverage, they say, oh, a lot of credit to um, Dennis Armfield, who uh, has done a lot of really good work with um, the North Melbourne skill uh, skill level, ball movement, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, why isn't he our coach? Because he was always involved, wasn't he? He was always involved in the women's program. Whilst, whilst as, a, as a player. As a player. Always, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, and I'm not saying give him the gig because he's a Carlton person or whatever, but you're like, why did we actually appoint um, Daniel Harford? But at least Daniel Harford is coached in the um, in the Eastern Footy League. Yeah, but and it's he, like, And it's Baldwin. He's won a premiership. And this, this, Eastern Footy League is widely regarded as the strongest suburban footy league in Victoria. So best league outside it. of a VFL. So at least he's got runs on the board. He's a Carlton person having spent some time there. So he wants to be a part of it. Dennis Armfield, 
I think that there's a, there's something a though. There's something though where I think that, and having spoken to people who have done both, coaching women is different. It is. We, we discussed this the yeah. other week about Tom Maher and uh, a, a, a mate of mine. <laughs> Who's Tom Maher? Tom Maher, the Opals coach. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh we did discuss that. I remember yeah, that now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, you thought he was my uncle. No, no, no. I thought, I thought you made a huge error, but keep I going. I was talking yeah. about the guy um, from Home and, Home, and, Home and Away. What was his name? Rod Maher. No, Ray Maher. Ray Maher. <laughs> Flaming heck, else. <laughs> um, yeah, but a comment made this. This guy who's a father of a kid that goes to school with Torrin is a like a CBL or whatever that, that level down from the NBL in Victoria is. Seabull. Seabull, S-E-A-B-L, yeah. yeah. So he's an S-E-A-B-L male coach. Yep. And we were just chatting about um, coaching women versus coaching men, and he said, I could not do it. And, and I don't know whether it's he has a particular style and ripping shreds off people or whatever else is something that works for him just wouldn't sort of stack up the other way around. I'm not quite – I don't especially remember the context, but he said, I just wouldn't be able to do the job that I do addressing women. I just don't think I'd have the knack. Um, And and it it would be – it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting how successful you would be. I've always thought the side or the club that is humble enough to go – the game plan needs to be different to what it is for men. Yeah. The, f- the first club that is humble enough to go, okay. We actually need to acknowledge the reality. We can't transfer play. And like I said, we've only had one week for this season. And, and skills have generally improved because I've yep. watched. But especially for us last year, we try to do the use the fat side of the ground, come across. We can't and you're hit not good targets you're not good across. Yeah. You've got to go up the line. Yep. Right. Play it simple. You can't play the men's game because they they got a they got longer kicks, so they're getting out of trouble yep. and they they're moving it differently. The first club that is humble enough to go, we can't play a men's game. We are will be so much ahead of the pack. It's not funny. Well, and see the thing, what is hurting us at the moment is the profile and build of our list three years on, effectively, you know, two and a bit years on into the third season. You can look at it now, and and I, I'm pretty conclusively say we balls it up. Yep. And that's going to put us behind everyone. So you've got to think, and this is my, we've got a new segment this week called Discuss. Hmm? So basically one of us will you say something. You need jingles. You need to give us some yeah, jingles. Yeah, I'll try. One of, us, one, of us, <laughs> one of us raises uh, or poses a question and discuss. So given the fact that we can't score, Carlton AFLW team, can't score. At all. At all. Yep. Our skill level is abysmal. We need to build again. We actually need The to... only times that we've actually been able to score in three seasons is against Collingwood, mm. who were worse than us. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So this is my discuss, that Carlton should trade Darcy Vessio for some good picks. I agree 125 And recognise that, Tim said it a couple of weeks ago, small forwards aren't going to win your games of ASLW football. She's the best small forward. But... But they're on. I don't know. If, I don't know if even yeah. that's the case. To they be take honest. away her they first take, season was stellar. She did it really, really they well. Take away her, her smarts and they all take that sort away of stuff. The space yeah. She loves to go bring her she opponent the under back. the football and yep. loves to go out the back. There's no space out the back. So if it does go there, she's not getting it. My yep. old boss coached against her at she's VFLW. Not duke, she's not dukeish enough. She doesn't put yeah. the hands out. As an example, this week against North, coming through the middle, and the kick wasn't bullet like, but it was out in front and it was perfect. She had to have the hands out, take the taking the mark. 
And she, that's not her. Yeah. I'm not saying, oh, God, put your hands out, take them up. That's not her. Yeah. She'd have been nice if it was Taylor Harris on the end of that rather yeah. than Darcy Vessio. But. My, my old boss, uh, when I was at the post office, coached the Hawthorne women's team. And they played at least, I think it was two games against Carlton's team this year. And I, Darcy definitely played in one of them. Might have even been the other. And he basically said it's very simple. He goes, um, what was the name? Chantella, I believe her name was, played on Darcy. Just one-on-one. And he goes, just don't give her goal side. Yeah. Ever. Just give her the lead. Because if you do, she'll, she'll punish you. He goes, just never give her goal side. Yeah. And, he goes, and they called her Baz, Chantella, her nickname. Said Baz just stuck on her, never gave her goal side, never let her turn her. And she was, I think she kicked, you know, she kicked one goal from a worst free kick you've ever seen in your life, which was never there in a million years, mm. in two games. It just didn't look like doing it. Didn't look yeah. like. So yeah. you, the thing is, there's this perception or this at the moment that certain players have got reputations, like a Mo Hope, for instance. Once again, not hating on Mo Hope, but she's got a reputation that her performances don't merit. Yep. But she's still got it. And after yeah. two and a bit years, you're like, yeah, she's not terrible, but she's not a superstar. But clearly, she's had success at a lower level. She's obviously a smart enough footballer that she's been able to get it done and she's got strength on her side. When she's elevated to the higher level, and she probably didn't have a great team around her at the mm. time, um, when she was asked, and I she wasn't, I don't think she was fit the first year in that she was carrying injuries yeah. and, and that was a burden for her. Last year she got herself fit and she just didn't find the footy. Now she's probably under the radar a little bit more at North. And at a, in a much better in side. In a much better mm. side. So she'll probably have success this year. But I think people are expecting her to do something that she just hasn't been capable of doing. Um, and I think the competition's better than a lot certainly of people probably realise. We need to, and hopefully we do, we, being Carlton, need to adjust. Like I said, even in that one simple basic bit of play, substitute Harris... Vesio, and like yep. I said, like you know, the whole thing of should we trade Darcy? Discuss. Look, yeah, we all think we could because she'd get you get other pieces for her with a million dollar question. What do you get? What do you get for her? Like, but if you get enough, Daniel, Daniel makes the adjustments. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Darcy, you're not getting out the back. Yep. And she's not a lead up forward. Taylor, we have to be hitting Taylor, and Darcy has to rove. Has to be front and centre. Front and centre. And be a traditional small forward. Yeah. And that's the thinking. We got our, we got our thinking wrong following season one, where our thinking was, you need four or five stars. Four or five good players will win this. So we went out and we traded away the pick that was ultimately Chloe Malloy, yep. who Is snapped, a jet, a, yeah. snapped Achilles aside, might actually be the most talented female footballer in the country. Yep. I still think we have the most talented female footballer in the country. Who? Bree Davey. I think she's very good. I think she's excellent. I don't know if she's the best, but I think she's very good. I think she's in the top handful. When she yeah. went down last year. We oh, yeah, we were done. We were cooked, yeah. But what and happened she's was she's smart we, and she's hard, isn't she? And well, she's got skill. Yeah, and yeah. But we thought we'll complement Vessio and Davey, and what we'll do is we'll get in Nicola Stevens and Taylor Harris, and we'll sell the farm at the draft to do that because yep. there's only eight teams in the draft, so it's not really a big deal. But... That window was shut as quickly as it appeared. Yep, yep. In terms of what's going to win your games of football at this level, we gave up a midfielder to. Oh, we gave up heaps. We gave up. Remember her name? We gave up Jacobson. We gave up her. Bianca Jacobson. We gave up heaps of decent players. And Bianca was a blue bagger. Yeah, and you could tell. Nat Exxon. That's the player. We gave up. She, her, and Katie Lawrence combined were our midfield grunt, and we took fifty percent away of that. Yeah. To bring in Taylor, it wasn't just lose. Yeah, like the what we. Gave up in terms of picks. 
Nick Stevens and player. Nick Stevens is fine. Now she's, she's no, good. she's a she's a uh, she's a good good player at this level. There's not a problem with her ability. Bree Davies' kicking ability is what sets her apart. She's. I don't know compared if it's, to her her contemporaries, she's 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 effectively a kick and a half compared to their what, what they're producing. I so, don't yeah. know if it's um her knee and obviously mobility, and she's only just come back, but. We we have to we have to play her on the ball. Mm. They have to behind the play. And oh, but even 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 last year, um, they refused to put her in the thick of it until we got and, desperate. And you're like, just mm. put her in the middle and just go like Crip style, basically, and yeah. just go see if you can handle her. She probably doesn't have the tank. No, but she might not. But you sit there going, just see She's if she a can. Big frame. She's. A, she, well, look, I don't know if she does have the tank. I'm just saying she's a. She comes from. She's a goalkeeper. Mm. Yeah, so okay. it's not that's like where she, she gets played sports all her life, where she's. That endurance has been, you know, the, the attribute she's needed. That's where yep. she gets her good hands from. Yeah, she's yeah. the best mark, I think, like consistently. She's clean, very clean. Really clean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lastly, before we move off AFLW, this could be, we don't want to go all night on this particular one. Mm. Every, the more I watch of it, and people swear to me, they, they say no, no, no. I, I reckon the field's got to be smaller. I There's something, every time I watch it, I sit there and go, and this is not the a, field has to be smaller. There's a lot of people are going on with, if you don't like it, just don't comment. Don't have. No one's hating. If anything, I think we've shown that we. I'm wanting to we're be supportive of it. Absolutely. I wanted to. But the I'll ground go. size. And Matt Walsh, who we all kind of follow and like, he said, you know, the aesthetics of it probably aren't going to be too great to have a smaller oval in a stadium. Yep. And I've responded to that on Twitter, going, AFLX is a square in the middle of a stadium. Yep. You got ladies' tees. You got cricket Sean, do it all the time. Sean. Sean's club plays half their games on a, on, a, on Eddie Had Stadium, and mm. then, you know there's you just deal with it. You know you deal you deal with it. And yeah, I and I gave the example of bring fans closer to the game. Say yeah. kids, you can sit on yeah. the and perimeter. it's not a men's versus women's no. thing. But the under 18s boys would obviously be better than the AFLW girls. It would be yeah. When we played high school football, under 18s football. We were good. Shout out to Drew Petrie. <laughs> we were good at, you know, you, you're good at your home ground and then you go to to Kilmore to play Assumption and you're good at their ground and you're good at, you know, some Pat's ground. Then you make finals and all of a sudden you're playing at Vic Park and, you know, the finals at the MCG. And God forbid you have to play a semi-final at Waverley. Waverley, yeah. We just didn't play as good because... You don't adapt. Getting off the ground. Yep, yeah, Want to make a change? It, you basically ran halfway to the bench and had to stop. You were knackered. Yeah, it was like an effort to get off the ground because there was so much space. Like a high school, you grow up playing high school football. You think, oh, this is a big ground, and then all of a sudden, you go to an AFL ground. They're too big. There's too much space, and the game suffered. What we went from scoring an average, whatever it was, 50, 60 points a game. To, 25, to 30, yeah. 20s and thirties. And I just, think that's the thing for me. That's the biggest thing. You sit there and going. It's not about like don't we don't need to make this a political sort no. of like holy war, but it's just recognizing in the BBL the, the girls don't play hmm. on the MCG. Hmm. Yep, and the arcs That's shouldn't be at fifties; they should be forty. Some, yeah, yep. But just, oh, look, just I, it's just an adjustment. You know what it is? It'd be basically it would be shrinking it, not even a kick. You just shrink the field yeah. by ten or fifteen meters, maybe each end. Yep. And it just means that the ball can ping ping around a bit better, can ping yeah. around quicker. You can transition the play quicker. The game becomes a bit more explosive. Yeah. And I think that's going to lead to scoring is already going up a little bit, but that'll lead to more scoring again. Yeah. The best example of it, the Geelong Collingwood game, 
couple of seconds left. There's only one point in it. And Geelong are on their 50, or about 40. They keep, they keep clearing it out. Collingwood keep marking it, keep bombing it back into 50. Now, as the ball comes out and Collingwood take it, no one's thought, get on for the handball and try and break a line. Everyone kept getting inside Just 50. kicking it along. Thinking, take the mark. You take the mark at 40, you're not kicking a no. goal anyway. Yeah. Because t- even they have the perception, get it kick. inside 50. You're two kicks from goal. You're, yeah. you're yeah. not one. Yep. You're two. So the fact that even coaches need to, in the AFL, need to adjust to that. Girls, someone should have been coming, running past the gun, hands, run it, especially when everyone had pushed so far back. Yep. And that's the beauty of footy is the good defender knows where to stand because mm. they know where the ball's going to go. They, they they understand that up the field, the distance they're going to be able to kick it is mm. X, whatever that happens to be. And so breaking lines and creating space and, and getting mm. beyond where that wall is is yeah. all important or, or lowering your eyes and going yeah. shorter. And, and as you say, making sure rather than being two kicks from goal, you say, I admit that I'm three. But if you find the space and you get the overlap, well, you can break it apart pretty quickly too. How many times we beat sit at the footy and Levi's calling for 80 metres away. Yeah. Like, no one's got an 80 metre kick on him, Levi. Yeah. Like, yeah. meet the football, get up, present an option at a, yeah. at a distance that's yeah. achievable. And the beautiful thing, once you're attacking the footy, mm. you're creating space in behind you as well. So the next guy's coming and, around and behind and there's constant movement but and, we, we, and dynamic forward line. We've, just we've spoken hard. about next, this. Next girl. Hey? Next guy, next girl. Well, yeah, whatever the sport we, We've spoken about this uh, before we move on at times last year where what we need to get better as in Carlton in the men's side of things, and you've touched on it brilliantly, is we need to be taking shots for goal inside of 30. Yeah. But we don't because yeah. we're no good because we can't get the ball that close. Yeah, that's right. We're taking shots from goal from 40 plus because yeah. we actually can't get it closer to and score. And we've said that before. When we weren't a great side, Fev would take Didn't Mark's matter. 50 out and he kicked the goal Because anyway. that's the range. Yeah. But, but at the nobody, moment, like, they, they couldn't defend Fev because yeah. – He'd the still marked the ball 50 and 60 out, and he was still in range. The percentage but goes up. Feather side, they set up in, in that band where the percentage of goals is a lot higher. Well, yeah. they, they're not going to kick it from no. further than this. They're mm. not. Absolutely not. Well, moving off that, uh, Formula One, not much happening at the moment, but testing about to start. So the first day of testing is Feb 18. Um, well, are we allowed to test outside of... Not Did I read technically. This? Yeah, it's a, it's a grey one. I've got no issue personally. I think they should be should if you have a track Ferrari have Maranello. There was some sort of event. Red Bull. Red Bull have the Aust- you know the the Hungaro ring which they own. Fucking run as many laps as you want. I bring it back to Paul Stoddart. Yeah, if you can't afford, gets don't into F one. Can't afford to be in F one, so the rules get changed to suit him. No, well, no. These guys should be testing as much as they can. Yeah, if you're no good, right. you should be doing a million laps. Yeah. But so so um, Monday, Feb 18, the first day of preseason testing. They do a couple of days. They go back on the 26th, do a couple of days, and then um, we're a couple of weeks out from Melbourne. Cars begin to get launched tomorrow. The Haas is the first cab off the rank. And then the following week, all of them basically, Toro Rosso on the 11th, Renault on the 12th, which will be Ricardo, um, Mercedes, Race Point, which used to be Force India, and Red Bull Honda all launch on the 13th, McLaren on the 14th, and Ferrari Lucky Last on the 15th. The only one that matters. So that's always a bit funny where they – it's funny, they, they come out and it's a bit like new kits in soccer. It ultimately doesn't mean anything, but it's good to get a look at them. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so not too far away uh, from – I think it's March, mid-March, the, the race. So in so Melbourne. So the race at Melbourne's never the best, it's, it's very rarely a good race. And there's, there's obviously – there's a lot of 
reasons. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of retirements and stuff because it's the, but it's also the first time you get to see the car. It's mm. the first time you get. So, whilst we sacrifice probably quality of the race, it's a bit of it's prestige. An event, it's an event that we we're the first. This is the first time anyone's. It's unknown. Seen. Yeah, it, yeah. And sometimes it's good when it throws up a bit of a surprise, like someone comes out of testing and, and you it, go, "Oh wow, they are good." Mm. Oh jeez. And also gives us a chance to win something. Like gives Ricardo. Right? Oh fuck! I can't believe I just said that. Ricciardo. Still wrong. But um, <laughs> gives us a chance to win as well, So, which is nice. Gives anyone a chance to win other than Mercedes? Mm, yeah, I think Mercedes still look like they'll be the team to beat at least this year um, on the surface of things. Hopefully Ferrari will bridge the gap. Uh, um, When's the new... Um, regs? Engine? Yeah. Technically, it'll be 2021, I think, the, for the 2021 season. So this, this season, next and season. And next season. And Dan has got effectively two years to that point, at which point he will be able to assess what Renault's doing. Are we any good? Renault, if Renault get it right, they've, I've said it at the time, if Renault get it right, this will be a, a masterstroke of a decision. But... Does Citroen have an F1 team? They sure? don't, no. But, you know, the, the you Red Bull... drive for them. I drive a Renault. But the, um, yeah, the, the Honda situation at Red Bull is a bit of an unknown. We'll have to wait and see how they go. There's a few sort of balls in the air, like you said. You know, Ferrari hopefully will find a little bit of time. They need to, otherwise McLaren, Mercedes will just shit it in again. They'll still be the best-looking car on the grid. Which one? Ferrari. So long as they don't overcomplicate the car. As far as um, aero package and stuff? Oh, not even just in terms of flourishes of the white and the green. and Less, less the better. It's beautiful. Um, we want to move on now briefly. I don't know a whole lot about the NBA, but a big trade happened. Massive trade. Uh, so I actually quite liked it. Um, obviously, New York Knicks are desperate to get relevance back. Um, two or three years ago, they've drafted uh, a fellow from Latvia by the name of Chris Stapps Puzingis, who's about seven foot three. Megastar. And he's, he is a megastar. He, he can shoot. He can obviously, he, he's athletic. He can dunk. He puts bums on seats. And New York was really, really excited about him. However... He did an ACL about eight months ago, nine months ago. He's missed all of this season. Um, I always said any time Aaron Sandlin's had anything wrong with him below his waist, he is cooked because when you're that big, and granted he's a bigger man physically, like from a gross perspective than what Pazingas is, but you have any sort of an issue below your waist and you really come back to the field in a big way. Um, Pazingas at 7'3", or whatever he is, it's a great time to trade him if there's any sort of a risk that he's not going to come back at his best. Yep. And they've cleared cap space. They've they've created the space for two maximum contracts. Can they get anyone? Well, oh, well, at least New, New York, being New York, can attract the star. I said it. It's, I, it's I said LeBron should have gone there. Rumored to be. Are you going to say Kawhi and Kyrie, or are no, you saying KD? KD and Kyrie. Yeah. Well, I would, yeah. KD's out. KD, KD will be the one. He's not... I wouldn't say he hasn't bought into the whole... But he's an outsider. He's an outsider. But he's won his and, titles, and hasn't he, too? With Boogie only having a one-year contract, and if he keeps playing the way he... Or projecting the way he's going, because he's getting better every game... Yeah. Well, they're going to be... In, someone's going to fall out. Someone has to go. Right? And Clay needs to be paid. And you'd rather keep Clay. I, I know this sounds weird. I'd rather keep Clay than keep KD. Well, Clay's a member of the family. So well, he's an original, isn't he? Yeah. But it's the Kyrie thing, and I think the fact that if he leaves, and the whole Celtic 
sell the farm, get Kyrie in type thing, and then get Gordon Haywood, and that hasn't worked because he's obviously hurt himself. And then, yep. I'd, I'd love, I'd love nothing more than for the Celtics to just fall into a Why hole. Why do you just hate the state of Massachusetts? Oh, I, I do. He's I, a hatred. I'm a hatred. <laughs> I, I hate, I hate the Red Sox. I hate the Celtics, and I hate. What about the Bruins? Yeah, no, don't care. And he has no time for the Boston College uh, mm. football program so, either. I think what about the Boston Bun. <laughs> refuses to have it on principle. There's a world famous um, place in Philly that makes Boston buns, and they just that Super Bowl week they just took the whole Boston name off. It was just called buns. buns. <laughs> I um, like it. I like it. So two maxes will end up in New York, which is great. New York needs. The league, the league needs New York. The league know, needs New York to be Do you good. know who I think has done really well? Dallas. Dallas has done exceptionally. Now, Dallas have Kevin McHale and Larry Bird aside. Has there ever been a better one-two white man punch in the NBA than Luka Doncic? You've gone very and early. And Chris Dapps Porzingis. You've gone very it's, it's early. It's not bad. It's not These bad. These two Eastern European... They haven't even stepped on the court together. Brutes. How Doncic isn't going to the All-Star... Game, right? He will get there. Yeah, yeah. Right? he's he's like Giannis. They'll eventually realise you just can't keep this bloke. Yeah, can't, can't keep him out. Yep. And I reckon they should do something like that. Get Giannis in as well, and just go. We're going to go full Eastern European on you. We're going to go crazy Eastern European. One team. This is payback for WW two. <laughs> get uh, um, Demantis Sabonis in as a, as well. Jesus Christ! How old would he be? Uh, about 22. Oh, who am I thinking of? Oh, he's old man. Oh, is that his old man? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was going to yeah. say. He yeah. played for Portland? Arvidas Sabonis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he'd be 50 years of age. So he's You're son- not thinking about Ilgowskis, are you? No, no, Sabonis, because I used to play like NBA 99. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you were. 99 is 20 years ago. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, 99 is 30 years ago. No, 99. Oh, he said I was thinking like we're getting Sabonis' old man. Surely it's not a super common name. Yeah, no, no. He he came through... Um, uh, one of the really good teams that plays against the St Mary's Gales. <laughs> no, no, no. In college, he played college. Barcelona. <laughs> and um, and he was a top ten draft pick. So um, Sabonis is old man. Sabonis senior. No, no, junior. Junior Sabonis. So he came through. First season was good without being stellar, and he's really elevated in his second season. And uh, he's at Indiana. I think with Larry. Yeah, I'm not going to c- confirm that one. I think yet. it's Indiana, yeah. but I'm. I, you can probably tell my, by my voice. I'm not absolutely committing to it. Um, Is Larry Bird still at Indiana? He'll always be at Indiana. Yeah. Have an involvement there. I think he's. I think does he I have an involvement in another ownership. club or something like that? I think he's either president yeah. or owner or something. Something like that. Anyway, but um, the trade that hasn't been done yet yeah, is I, the juicy one. Ad. It's ad. Now, but did but apparently Adrian Danley. Uh, Anthony Davis, was the the monobrow, the brow, or they just call him the brow. Just shave it, mate. Just he did that. Now. Um, uh, what do they call it? April Fool's thing a couple uh, of years ago, where there was videos online where he shaves it. Why wouldn't he? And then he's gone. No, no, no. That's his. That's his look. Calling card. Now he when you're worth to, millions, who cares if you look funny with a monobrow? Can't wait for the next draftee to come through with fucking herpes or something. He wants to get to LA, yet has a year and a half left on his contract. Now he's on a six-year deal. In New Orleans, who when I at the time I think I even said it to you. I thought, why do you do that? Yeah, you've locked yourself into a to a team that's in a city that's not going to win anything. Yep, ever a small yep. market team. Yep. So he wants to get to the Lakers, and the Lakers want him. Yes. To me, what the Lakers would give up, even though they've been re- rejected on it, 
that offer was ridiculous. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I think it's too much. And I love AD. I've wanted him to come to Chicago as a Chicago native. I've wanted him to come to Chicago ever since he came into the league. Yep. But to give up Ball. Yep. Kuzma. Yep. Zubak. Zubak or Zubac. Yes. Um, were they going to give up Caldwell Pot? Yes, Pope? yes. But that's more salary dump than anything. And two first rounders. Yeah, no, no, no. There's one bloke. Uh, Josh Hart. Celtics, Celtics championship winner. Can't believe I'm drawing a blank. Rajan Rondo. Oh, yeah, Rondo. Yeah. Who would go back to New Orleans because yep. he was there. And two first round draft picks. Sean, that's been rejected. Been I, rejected. Wasn't, I wasn't even listening every to what the deal piece, was. Every piece that's been of the puzzle that's been assembled. Yeah. Is blown up. Was Brandon and you start Ingram with in there? Ingram, I think maybe they they've managed to leave Ingram out, and they might have left Josh Hart out. But even then, I don't even know if you if you can. I, I don't. Know, it, it, I don't know if it leaves enough. It's it's ridiculous. I'm just quickly trying to look it up to see if it see if it comes up. But it was. I, I think they were going to keep Ingram, and it, but in the end, they've turned around. They want four first or second round draft picks to go with the the players that have been mentioned and you're going like you're in a position to make demands, that's fine. Um but yeah, do you just wait the year? I'm in a position to make demands as well. I demand the newest installation of the quiz. All right. All right. Well wow. I've said everything Well you, you might want to come back to Nick Foles and his contract oh, uh, uh, or do you want to quickly uh, touch on that before we hit quiz? Uh, which one? Nick Foles. The update in his contract well, negotiations. Well, with the Philly, we the Philly Eagles have exercised the the option. Well, they're looking to, aren't they? They did. They did. So the twenty million dollar option, which then to buy himself out of that option, Nick Foles has to give back two million dollars, two point something million dollars. Yep. So, and he's done that. So and apparently he's going. We to informed him, and then like within hours, he's responded, going, "Here's your cash." Now we can still franchise tag him. Yes, which means you can't go. But you're paying top five money then, and even then, it's probably more. Yeah, than I what think you're it's franchise tag him just so you can sign cho- sign and his trade. Destination. Yeah, yeah. We don't want him going to New York. We don't want him to go in Washington. We don't want him in our division. Yeah. And yep. the thing, well, it's clear where Philly want to send him. Philly want to send him to the the Jags, who need a QB because yep. Blake Bortles is just hasn't worked. He's dog shit. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I was being nice. <laughs> we've played them. Which means we don't get him for another four years. Yep. Um, so that'll be the ideal landing, landing spot. Now I've put out there that you know maybe a three-wayer involved in the Arizona Cardinals could potentially satisfy. But um, it'll just be interesting to see. But yeah, he's well. We've made our intentions clear that Wentz is our is your quarterback. Is our quarterback. Yep. So um. So watch this space. Yeah. Okay. Week four quiz. Oh, you, you got to get your whiteboards out and your texters. Here need, it is. I need Hill, a texter. Hill, Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, Rondo, Lance Stevenson, Beasley, and two first round picks. Yeah. I, I don't even know. They're so say that again. For one guy. Yeah. So we've gone. We, who's, who's the best player in the comp? The, well, number one player in the comp the Carlton would want? Josh Kelly. So we want Josh Kelly. It's oh. like we're going, all right, for Josh. We'll give you... Paddy Dow. Paddy Dow, Charlie Curnow, uh, Harry Mackay. It is different, though, because there's less players. Uh, Sam Walsh. And Sam Walsh. Sam Petrovsky. Like, literally, they've just got every just young everything kid that they've tried to yeah. put into place. Jacob Wiedering. Yep. And they're just going, go. We'll take the now, lot. AD is worth it. AD is worth it, but you can't play with two blokes. That's right. So, 
Unless they're, they're really, really good. Well, they're going <laughs> to try to. All right, let's do this quiz. Yeah, I, I don't think the try gets done. Cause okay. Because this, this podcast, like the Patriots, are still here. Let's fucking go and We're still on. here. We're still here. <laughs> Question cap. one. Who scored the only touchdown of Super Bowl 53? What kind of question is that? And don't say the New England Patriots either, by the way. Which player scored the only touchdown of Super Bowl 53? I don't know. <laughs> Fitzgerald. <laughs> that, I take it that was wrong? I don't even know that they had a player named Reynolds. <laughs> All right, he's finally got it. Running back Sony Michelle oh. of the New England Patriots on a two-yard rush scored the only touchdown I, of Super Bowl I Fifty-Three. Did, I didn't know that because I remember thinking, "Is it pronounced Sony?" Yeah, as in the electronics manufacturer. Yeah. Correct, correct. Question two: Who intercepted Jared Goff's pass to Brandon Cooks at the New England four-yard line as the LA Rams closed in on a game-tying touchdown in the final five minutes of Super Bowl Fifty-Three? This is laughable. I didn't realise we were doing another football quiz. Bloody... Fuck. Jesus. (laughs) I don't even have an answer. Sean's going to be guessing here. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It is Stefan Gilmore, cornerback from the New England Patriots. Did he get that? Yes, he did. We got any more football questions? <laughs> For a bonus point, I'm just I'm trying to stay humble. I'm just trying to keep quiet over, over on this side of the mic. I've been, I've been. Fucking... But but they weren't they weren't absolute gimmies for you, were they? No. You, well, it probably helps that he watched the match. You. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to know everything by sleeping, so you should be dominating this, please. As a general rule, if it's the biggest sporting event in the world and you're going to be hosting a sports podcast, well, maybe watch them, the some, Super Bowl. <laughs> some people have to be working and can yes. only see I took half a day off, but anyway. Leave, Sean. Bonus point. Kev. With which NFL Kev. club did Stefan Gilmore start his career? You shit me, aren't you? I don't know this one either. So. Okay, I don't know. He was picked 10 in the 2012 NFL no, draft. Know. And he was selected by the Buffalo Bills, where the Chargers and the Falcons. No, good. <laughs> Question three: Did he play for the Falcons? No. Oh, because I guess the Bills. The, I guess for the Falcons. No, I'll put down the Chargers. Yeah, you put like, down the Falcons. No, I just gave him the look that he might have been right, you but he wasn't. Did, too. did you give him the eyes? <laughs> yeah, I gave him the eyes. <laughs> Which team won the first game of AFLW two thousand and nineteen? You need to give us. They both got it. It was Geelong beating Collingwood. Collingwood. You need to give him questions that I know. That he Name one of the two AFLW Rising Star nominations from round one, 2019. I didn't know it. I had to look it up, but I was just seeing uh, <laughs> one of my favourite characters from uh, television, Ivana Humpelot. <laughs> Is incorrect, Fabian. Damn. No, I don't know. Oh, I just guessed our girl, Prosparkus. Yeah, no, Maddie didn't get a gig. Uh, Nina Morrison from Geelong, who was pick one in the 2018 AFLW draft. Of course. And Elise Parker from GWS, who was pick 12 from the 2018 AFLW draft. Yes. Question five. Who did Patrick Dangerfield select as his vice captain for AFLX 2019? 
we've got an answer from Sean, but he doesn't look like he's quite committed to it. You can't change given you, once he's given you the eyes. Not. Well, Sean wrote Nat Fife, but Nat Fife is another captain. Team. <laughs> and his first pick as vice captain was Paddy Cripps. No. No, it was Jack Rewalt. Jack Rewalt got Jack Rewalt got Paddy Cripps. You are right. Um, yes. So here's your chance to go a further point in front, Fab, but uh, I'm going to time me out if you don't give me an answer real quick. And he's gone Rory Sloan, but the answer is Luke Hodge. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he's gone with the whole Geelong, Geelong Warner Falcons. Ball. Yeah, exactly oh, right. Piss off. Okay, question six. The 45th FIS Alpine World Ski Championships start today. In which country will the championships be held? I'm going to say it's in Innsbruck, which I, I think is in Norway. I think Innsbruck is actually in Austria. Oh. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You've gone Norway. You've gone Lithuania. And the answer is Sweden. So you are awfully close there, Sean. But uh, no cigar. It's being hosted by a city called Are, A-R-E, in Sweden. A-R-E. Okay, question seven. Shit. Which country has won the most gold medals at the FIS Alpine World Ski Championship of all time? And I say gold medals. They've actually won the most medals overall as well. We've got one answer is Germany. The other answer is Russia. You're both wrong. The answer is Austria. Fuck. I'm, I'm awfully close on these guess, guesses. Question eight. True or false? Oh, there we go. Sean's favourites. Mate, I've got one right. Curtis Patterson ended the Australia versus Sri Lanka test series with a series leading average of 144 runs. True or false? We've both said true. The answer is false. Damn. Travis Head scored 304 runs in three innings with one not out, resulting in an average the of 152. Well, true or false, you, you're going to get there eventually, aren't you? Patterson scored 144 total runs from two innings with a higher score of 114 not out, resulting in an average of I 144. I thought I survived the whole cricket season thing. Yeah. Question nine. True or False. Man of the match from the second test, Mitchell Stark's match figures in the second test versus Sri Lanka of 10 for 100 were the best match bowling figures for the Australia versus Sri Lanka series. True or false? What, of all time? No, no, just to the series. Two, to this series. Two test series. Scored 10 for 100. Were they the best match, ser- match bowling figures of the series or not? Fabian has said true. Sean has said false. And the correct answer is false because Patrick Cummins' match figures from the first test were 10 for 62. Yes. And at the end of the series, Starks uh, had taken 14 wickets. Mm-hmm. Can we get a score check before we go into the last question? Two to three. Two to three. Jesus, um, I've, li- I've let this one slip. Yeah, and Paddy Cummins took 16 wickets, so and he ended up man of the series, as it turned out. Okay. We've got a question 10, and it there is a there is a bonus question to follow. Okay. okay. There's 11 questions. True or false? Oh, fuck. In the famous 1984 NBA draft that featured Michael Jordan at pick three, Hakeem Olajuwon at pick one, and Charles Barkley at pick five, and the ill-fated Sam Bowie at two, Chicago Bulls drafted US Olympic track and field star Carl Lewis. True or false? Fabian has said false. Sean has said true. The answer is 
true, Carl Lewis was a 10th round selection at 209th overall. For a bonus question. Oh, this is the tiebreak, Fab. True oh, or false. This, this started off in the Super Bowl and I was... True or false. Oh, no. Jesus. Carl Lewis oh, shit. was drafted in the 1984 NFL draft by the Dallas Cowboys. True or false? Fabian has said false. Sean has said false. The answer is true. Shit. Oh, Lewis, no. Lewis was a 12th round selection, 334th overall in the 1984 NFL draft <laughs> by the say, Dallas Cowboys. This is extraordinarily topical. This is this is fate. This tiebreaker. This quiz is the Super Bowl 53 of quizzes. Tiebreaker. As we are recording. The AFLX draft is underway. Oh, shit. So beyond the first eight selections slash nominations that we already know, who is the first player drafted this evening, noting that it is Eddie Betts' team and he is picking an all-Indigenous team. So who is essentially... So who are the first two players that he's gone? Well, he went Sean Burgoyne yeah. as his vice-captain. So and, there and he... is an Indigenous player taken first pick in this evening's draft. Who is it? Helps to like you know like ask questions that people know the answer to. Yeah, this is this is. Um... Well, no, oh, I just read it before while we were doing a couple of other things. So uh, I, it's probably not going to um, break the tie, to be honest. So um, you're going to think of another question on, the on your phone. <laughs> no, no, I've got an email. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Oh shit, I got an email too. Let's no. Say. Okay. Oh, who, who have you said? Well, Fabian said Charlie Cameron. Fuck, I said Charlie Cameron as well. <laughs> It's not Charlie Cameron. It's also not Lance Franklin. It's Bradley Hill. Oh, we we'll never got that. So I think we're just going to have to sit at a three-all draw. No, no. come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Arm wrestle or something. <laughs> Bikini I need to, contest. Uh, I, I need to pull a... Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> get a, get a, get a something out of my... Can you uh, ask... Maybe you should ask Fab a question like, you know, who wears number five for the Eagles or something, or ask him a question he'll know. Tailor the quiz around his likes. I was trying to think of maybe a Melbourne victory question. Oh, yeah. Oh, but I'm not good enough. As long as it's not from this season, I'll, I'll, I'll back myself. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not good enough uh, on the history of it to know um, know who it would be. Kitzbichler. Richard <laughs> Kitzbichler. Austrian maestro. There you go. Wonder, wonder what sort of a skier he was. He was probably pretty good. Um, come on, Fat. Come on, Tim. You got to get Tim, us. Give us a quiz. You got to give us a question. You got to give us something. Tony on. Barber had all the all the questions written in front of him before he started. Nikki Buckley. Nikki Buckley. Who was the lady before Nikki Buckley? She was the second one, wasn't she? No, no, no. Well, the very first one was Victoria. I want to say principal, but it wasn't principal because she was American. Victoria, so on. And then there was Delvine Delaney. And then it was Nikki Buckley. Nikki Buckley's husband was like one of the, the models. Well, what about Joe? Joe Bailey? Yeah. She came after Nikki Buckley. Was she before Nikki I Buckley? I she was before Nikki Buckley. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Uh, okay, well, talk amongst yourselves for a moment. <laughs> Just make one up. That's why I'm trying to find something of... Tension. Give me, give me... Give let's me, go to me, uh, no, Tony don't... Gonzalez statistics for one oh, minute. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, no. Nerves, tension. What? Oh, no, oh, you're okay. not even going to get that one either. No, give it to us. Give, give, what give... was the name of the Sri Lankan batsman no, who was carried off after getting hit in the head by no, Patrick Cummins? No, like... 
I only know Dick Waller. <laughs> Fabian Dick Waller. Dick Waller. Rami. <laughs> no, it was Kar- uh, Karuna Ratna. Oh, shit. Um, I'm going to get away from cricket. Please. <laughs> get a sport that we watch. Uh, who was pick three in the AFL draft taken in 2000 and the 2018 oh. national draft? They've both written Isaac Rankin and they're both right. <laughs> Who was pick four in the 2018 AFL draft? We have a winner. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> Who's won it? The answer is St Kilda's Max King. Oh, no! <laughs> and Sean has written Ben King. <laughs> oh. So we've separated the men from the boys. Yes! Because the next question was going to be who was pick five? Um. Uh, Connor Rosie? Correct. Which I thought was going to be the one that it would definitely... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely separate oh, you. So, uh, yes. I like that one. Well done, guys. What a disaster. Very, very impressive. How good is the Carl Lewis um, draft? How, how, how bad is you giving us four Carl Lewis questions? <laughs> it was two. But what? how good is it that he got drafted for two sports? What is Carl Lewis's blood type? Didn't. Um, oh, who, got tra- who got drafted by the Yankees? Mickey an, Mantle. An NFL player could also got drafted by the Yankees. Well, at one point, and this is, I, I don't know. John Elway. Didn't John Elway get yeah, drafted by the Yankees? Maybe. Yeah, he may have, because they had, had a good arm. Uh, mm. They um, they had Jan Zalesny tried out. <laughs> and Jan Zalesny is the world record, holdy, world record holding javelin thrower from the Czech Republic. And be, obviously, because of the arm. I thought you were going to say he's playing high lie or something. Yeah, no, no. But they obviously, they obviously wanted to get a pigskin in his arm and just sort of see how far he could toss that. So I don't know if he, I don't think he actually got drafted, but he may have been signed. Yeah. That or, would imagine or, that conversation happening at Yankees HQ. Someone going, "We need I got an idea. Arm. <laughs> I got an idea. Bear with me. I was watching the javelin last night." There is a fellow There's that a throws fella. the javelin ninety-seven meters. <laughs> he could he could throw. We could be risking a safety in our own end zone, and this guy could throw on the fly into the opposition end zone. Beautiful. If no only we could get, get someone quick enough. enough to catch it. <laughs> so, what's Usain's number? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. What's he up to? Yeah. Is All that right. it? That's it. That's done. Quick that's shout it. out to the ESPN broadcast, the Aussie. It was broadcast. really good, wasn't it? Really good. Tailored, tailored to the Aussie audience because they had nothing else to do. Yep. And it wasn't a B-grade ESPN broadcast. It was their Monday night football broadcast. That yeah. was they were really good. And and obviously they you know made references to I'm talking about Australian the cricket, sport. Cricket, cricket Because obviously it captured both Australia and New Zealand. They were yeah. talking about our series. They were talking about New Zealand series. And it was, it was exceptional. Yeah, so. no, I like it. Do it again next year. Although Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth have the Super Bowl next year at NBC. Yes. So maybe I don't want to... Ah, well. I like the option. Yep, absolutely. Beautiful. Well, that's it. That's it uh, it for another week. So thanks for tuning in. Lovely to have your ears. I'm just getting my uh, transfer device here ready to go. (laughs) Uh, For Sean Peterbach, thank you very much for joining. Fabian Guadagnolo, as always. And Tim Davis as well to my left. Always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Toodles. See you later. 
Say you gone. Every time someone says that, I was like, say someone says that I say see you guys later and you'd remember this ad guy gets in the car after a party pissed he goes hey mate watch this and he does that fishtails on the side of the road flips the car next shot is to him with the pins in his head and stuff oh yeah the the, the halo or whatever my brother remember that yep I always remember that and at the start of that ad he goes see you guys later and he's all pissed every time someone says see you later in my head I'm thinking that's all you hear I only ever hear Andrew goes at the end of his SEN breakfast. See you later. I like Andrew Gaze. So, so do I. Everybody loves Andrew Gaze. <laughs> 